garage rock band, Scott Pilgrim has never had any trouble getting a girlfriend. Usually the problem is getting rid of them. But when Ramona Flower skates into his heart, he finds she has the most troublesome baggage of all, an army of evil ex-boyfriends who will stop at nothing to eliminate him from her list of suitors. Welcome back to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature. And on this episode, we're going to be covering 2010 Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, directed by Edgar Wright. of Midnight Double Feature. Uh, I'm here with Colin. Colin, how you doing, man? I am doing well, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, dude. Look who's decided to join us. Oh, Matthews. How you doing, man? How we doing, boys? <laughs> Let's do old, this. Old, old Vanilla Vella himself. Uh, good old Vanilla Vella. What's happening, man? He's he's come down from the from the realm of the upcoming attractions episodes and decided <laughs> to join us. <laughs> yes, my peasants, you, you, like are, you are welcome and humbled by my presence. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 Genghis Khan, just slowly expanding out, just slowly, <laughs> just accumulating, Guys, building that goddamn I'm, empire. I can see we you, just I make this you. whole episode about talking about how I'm royalty because I'm loving this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? That lasted a whole 30 seconds, so that's where it's going to stop. Of, of course you love being the center of it, dude. You're a director. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> Shut boom. up, you burn. Well, guys, we are here, we are here for uh, a, a, a movie that, Matt, you couldn't skip. Like, you couldn't sit out on this. You were just like, we got to get, we, I, I got to get on this. I got to get on this episode. Uh, obviously, we're talking about Edgar Wright's uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world holy shit uh, and colin this was your pick so um i'm going to give matt the fucking mic first matt give us your uh, thoughts on this movie try and contain yourself i don't have enough cum rags uh <laughs> just yeah like like try yeah <laughs> hit me with your thoughts dude and hit uh, me with your history with this movie like when you first saw it how you felt and things like that hit me bro i fucking love this movie it's probably it might be in my top five honestly um not because it's like a especially well made or whatever. It just speaks to me as a person, like it's energy, it's vibe, it's voice is just like, I identify with it on such a personal level. Um, and I just fucking love how bullshit batshit crazy it is. I remember first time I heard of this movie, um, the first trailer, I saw that come out like what, nine, 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, this is everything I need in life. And I did everything I could. I found the comics. I tried to familiar, I read most of them online, like, like illegally scanned ones. Um, I, I played the video game that was released on Xbox. I watched, um, I think it was Adult Swim or someone put out like a prequel animation. I remember watching that. Um, I was obsessed with every little element of nugget of information I could find about this. And when I finally did see it, it did not disappoint, man. I fucking, I can't explain to you how much I fucking love this film, dude. Um, it's just like the, the, the mix of all the, when I see movies like Ready Player One that are like trying to like adapt this like geekdom fandom culture like no one does it as good as Scott Pilgrim vs. the world because it doesn't need to like adapt characters or anything like like Ready Player One or um, even Wreck-It Ralph does it just takes these vibes and elements and puts them 
in this real world scenario. And it's just, it's just so fucking cool. Uh, I can't get over it, man. I love its visual <laughs> style. This is the movie that like, yeah, man, I know this, this movie is fucking great. Nice. Nice. Uh, Colin, hit me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, pretty much going to ring those same sentiments. It's not, I wouldn't say it's in my top five. I, the, just, just because, I mean, I've, I've definitely got an Edgar Wright in there and I definitely love this movie, but I'm not sure if it's in, in my top five. It's definitely somewhere in like my top, probably 25 or like 50, somewhere in there. Um, but I do, I fucking love this movie. Um, and just, just like what Matt said, the blending of these elements of, uh, comic book anime, um, of, like romance comedies like slapstick comedy action like dance stuff a musical it's like god damn dude like that's one of the things actually i i think kind of hurt this movie because it didn't do well like at the box office uh like in the u.s i mean it been i think cumulatively worldwide it made like 130 million it cost like 40 to make but it only made like 10 in the u.s but but it, it made 60 it apparently yeah oh my god dude i mean it, it cost like a shit ton of money and they didn't really get anything back in the u.s but it didn't matter because they came back and you know they made their they made their um, their money back. But the thing that kills me is that a movie like this that that ends up covering like so many so many grounds and it does it so well. It's a, it's a shame that it didn't perform better because like I I think this is such a fantastic movie and like what Matt said, you have uh, you know movies that try to pull these elements together and they don't do it as well, but somehow those are just monumental hits. And I think it's I think it's great. I fucking love this movie. I think Edgar Wright does things like he trusts people to follow things visually and I think that's fantastic like that's something a lot of directors don't do and that's kind of an old school director like mentality and I think all the best directors do shit like that like uh, just you know tell your story visually um, and through the editing man I mean his editing is just it's probably the, it's it's the one thing that separates him from like so many other people is his ability like is like whoever edits his shit is a fucking genius um, I, li- I love this movie um, I love pretty much anything Edgar Wright's going to put out. I mean, what a fucking cast behind this thing. Um, and uh, and yeah, I honestly, because yeah, this was my pick. I picked this, what, like a week or two ago. That was only like the second or third time I had seen this. And I just kind of forgot about it. I saw it once. Cool movie, whatever. And then I went back and started watching, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. So I went back and watched it just because it's Edgar Wright. And I was just fucking blown away. And I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. And it's not really even the action parts that you love it for. It's like, it's not even that stuff. It's the story of of this guy and this girl, and it, it makes you feel young. You know, something about this movie yeah. makes me feel like fifteen or sixteen, and you feel like that like there's that girl in high school that you met, and and blah blah blah, and you guys like really hit it off, and everybody remembers like it kind of feels like this is the first time that that Scott has ever like felt that way about somebody. So it kind of conjures up all these feelings of like being young and stuff, very reminiscent. Because um, I mean, I was like twenty when this movie came out, so it's it's not like I have like a nostalgia for it, um, but otherwise i mean fucking excellent movie uh and i'm really excited to yeah i know right oh my god i'm so old um I'm fucking like a, I'm, I'm a i'm a six-year-old trapped in a 29 year old body because um, <laughs> i don't fucking do anything or go anywhere um but uh but yeah what do you think about this man um okay i'm going to be the shit stain of this episode aren't i oh no <laughs> why did you even come oh, can we boy. kick him off the podcast colin <laughs> yes Gladly. I, I, okay, look, I, I honestly, for the most part, I do agree with you guys. It is an insanely well edited film. Like, it, like the editing in this film is what kind of saves it for me mostly. Uh, <laughs> I do not like where this is going. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'll, so, 
<laughs> and the visual style too. Like like the visual style, the editing. Uh, I like how you know self aware it is. But man, I I could not connect with Scott's character. I, I I don't know what it was. I just I from the from the beginning, man. Like I was I was having a hard time with Scott, and I think that's a that was a big issue issue for me. And like that's going to carry throughout the movie for me. I don't know why. By the end of it, he does you know redeem himself and things like that. But like, man, I, I just I, I don't know what it is. I I just do not know what it is i just didn't like him like i maybe it's the it's the casual way like the the i guess the cheating starts <laughs> I, I mean look i that sounds like i'm i'm being personal about it like i have no, never been cheated on so you're but, not wrong yeah like, see what i mean but like i mean obviously that comes back in the in the in the end like when he redeems himself but it's just like like and it's fine to have a flawed character it, it honestly is fine like it's great to have a flawed character you should have flawed characters but it's just like i i don't know i I don't like I, I couldn't get on board with it and then it, here's another thing like you guys know that the two big elements of this movie is rock and uh fighting games like like it's structured around fighting games but basically like it's fighting two things games. i'm obsessed with by the way <laughs> two things i'm not so ah. two things like uh, that's 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 where i'm like not getting the connection dude like rock is not my go-to genre for music although i do like it like i mean like lately honestly on my walks i fucking listen to queen now <laughs> thanks Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, yeah. <laughs> um but like it's not my genre of music and, and honestly fighting games to me is one of the weakest genres of gaming i i know i know like <laughs> everyone's put put down your fucking pitchforks and shit <laughs> i just <laughs> yeah i'm not I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fighting like street like street yeah. fighter and oh. tekken and shit like i don't i don't mind them <laughs> i, I don't like, the, like I, either I, of you right now i don't like either of <laughs> you <laughs> now hold on, Tekken Tekken Tag. Tekken Tag was fucking awesome. I played that in our Pizza Hut growing up all the time, and I'd always get like the the fucking half leopard looking dude, and then there was like the metal version of him. And I was like, this is so yeah, I fucking love. Yeah, I I I love those, and I, I had like Killer Instinct on an original Game yes. Boy back in the day when I was a kid. Great, yes. yeah, like I, I I liked them like growing up, but now that I'm older, there's like I'm very picky about my gaming now, and I just that didn't really carry over for me. But they are still fun games, dude. One hundred percent. You you literally hit the nail on the head for me right there. Because like when I was younger, I did play Street Fighter. You know, Ken and Ryu. Like fuck yeah. Like I love that shit. But then like mm-hmm. I played Tekken as well, and like my brother kept beating me with fucking Eddie, and I'm just like fuck <laughs> off, man. Fucking- <laughs> so in the um, fighting uh, game community, people on. who pick Eddie Gordo are plebs. Just just wanted to put that. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> he's well, cheap. He, was, he was like he's he cheap. was like eight years old. But <laughs> like I I have okay. So I bought Injustice: Gods Among Us. Like like that, I bought it because I was curious about how you know the superheroes factor into it. But man, I played it for like ten minutes and uh-huh. then I got bored. Like like the fighting games to me just they, they to me they're a bit boring. Like it's just all it's all the same shit. Like different combinations, button mashing. Like you don't really enjoy that shit. Well, I don't enjoy that shit when I got older. Like I'd, I'd rather more play Red Dead or something like that. You know. But well, so I, let's put it let's put an asterisk next to Super Smash Brothers because that's just a fucking awesome <laughs> game. I don't care if it's a fighting arcade game. It's fucking awesome. Sorry, just want to put 
an asterisk. You go ahead, Matt. Some argue it's a party game, but it's fighting. Um, right, look, right. I think I'll have to debate you on one part. I don't think it's fighting games. I think it's retro games in general um, is a big influence here. Like modern gaming isn't referenced at all. There's no Call of Duty. There's no like Grand Theft Auto, which would be such an easy thing to parody. Um, I feel like it's retro gaming in general. And like in the 90s, Street Fighter 2 obviously was a major influence. Um, but I do, and it's going to be probably one of the only major complaints I have about the film because I am able to detach myself. Um, uh, watching it again last, so so I watched this movie a hundred million times. Like as a kid, I remember when it came out in cinema, I was obsessed with it. And I was seeing this girl at a time who then went overseas to like Vietnam or something. And she came back with like a burnt copy of like Scott Pilgrim on DVD. And that was like one of the best <laughs> presents a girl ever gave me. I watched it every day for, for a thousand years. Um, but then watching this couple nights ago uh, to prep for this podcast, I kind of agree with what Zoheb's saying. Um, so the character is meant to be it's like hipster loser character who has no ambition in life. And he's meant to be kind of unlikable. He's kind of like the stoner stereotype, except you never see him smoke weed. Um, and so he's meant to be unlikable, but then obviously he puts some like Michael Sarah in, um, in, in the character's shoes and like, it makes him a little bit more likable. Um, but yeah, like he's constantly doing shitty things and that's his character arc. He's got to learn about it and stuff, but I can understand for some people how it can be hard to relate to this guy. Cause while he does come across as like the underdog or the, um, the loser who's just he trying to get the girl, he's doing it in dicky ways. Um, and they're not yeah. shy about it. Like they're very, they're very strong with showing you that he's, he's doing all the bad things. Like he's doing all these wrong things, but he's oblivious to it. Like he doesn't know he's a shitty person. And maybe you could <laughs> yeah. argue that in the resolution, like sure he learns his lesson, but they don't do a lot to drive it home that he is learning his lesson because they kind of right. mask and it I feel with like, like it takes video way game too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm not, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you there. For me though, the reason it's, I'm not saying it's forgivable, but you're distracted by all that because of the presentation is so unique and video game. Well, that's right. That's, um, that's another that's another point that I have. So, um, like, as awesome as the visuals are, and I love the self-referential stuff, like, is it a bit much? I love it. I, I like, I, I, I think it would have been worse if they just did a little bit and they didn't dive all the way in. I think it's one of those go hard or go home scenarios. I think, I think um, to me, it works a little less just because we're in this kind of post-Deadpool world, uh, which kind of <laughs> opened the doors to all these, like, massive, like, uh, like you mentioned Ready Player One. Well, I mean, like, while that movie doesn't really break the fourth wall, um, Deadpool does, and so does this. And I just, I, I don't know, like, th this movie back in 2010, which, by the way, nine years is fucking killing me. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, in 2010, it was unique. Like, there is, we don't really get many re self-referential movies back in 2010, but now they're coming out like fucking gangbusters, like Lego movie, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. seriously, uh, it's just, it's a thing. It's a, it's a, I guess it's a, it's kind of big becoming a subgenre unto itself but like now like I, I don't know I don't know how I feel about like Scott, Scott Pilgrim doing it because it's just like it's just another thing and by the way this was the first time I watched this to the end like I Ooh, <laughs> damn. this yeah I don't know man it's just because like like I said I can't connect with the characters and even Ramona um, like you know she's played by the amazing amazing uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead like she's awesome mm -hmm. we talked about her on the uh, the thing prequel podcast but it, I, I just I just don't really like Ramona as a character either but Fuck like you. she's played she's played to be that way <laughs> Fuck she's you. Played, she is the love of my life and I will defend her to the death Matt, Matt, 
Matt and I are deck, like, sir. Matt, you go low, I go high, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right, just just him. right now. Just the shape applied to me. Balls. Let me spin this out. Let me spin this out. Stop talking. I'm hitting in the balls. 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 Okay, now you can talk. But you have to talk in a high pitched voice now. Ramona, <laughs> to a lesser extent, is played like she's played to be like a, a bit of a you know like kind of withdrawn. Whereas I don't like for me the issue is Scott. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this this was this is not my favorite Edgar Wright. This is not my second favorite Edgar Wright. It's not my third. Might be my fourth. Uh, just a little bit above uh, the world's end. But yeah, it's definitely not my favorite. And oh, you bitch! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. World's I end know. is so high on my list good god really <laughs> dude i fucking so it dead. is so high like it's hard for me to it's it, high enough that it's hard for me to pick my favorite in the cornetto trilogy but honestly if you put a gun to my head like if i had three children and you threw them all up in the air the world's end <laughs> the world's end would be the one i would jump for because why like, are you throwing them all in the air no you're throwing them in the air <laughs> i'm just kidding um, you know, you're throwing all children in the air I'm just I, like, I, gotta, I, I gotta practice juggle something fuck um but yeah um no i mean i I think it's totally valid like uh, I think it's a totally valid point like I, I don't think that there's anything else out there like Scott Pilgrim that I've seen like at least on that scale I'm sure there's stuff that I, you know I haven't seen every fucking movie you know I'm sure there's plenty of stuff out there that's somewhat similar to this but like on this kind of scale I've never seen that before and the the fact that it's like it's kind of like a modern like musical it's kind of like our like I, I don't know it's like a I don't know like an alternate like a, like an indie kids grease you know it's kind of like it's it's, it's like their, it's like kind of like their version of that in a weird way, um, like to the point I was reading something where Edgar Wright was like, I wanted to treat this as like a musical where it was like instead of breaking into like song, they would break into song, but they'd also break into like battles and shit. And I was like, oh, that's that's actually really fucking cool. So I, mm-hmm. I think like when you have a generation like this, that's raised on you know you, uh, like a lot of this because this was written. I mean, these were being written around the same time the screenplay was being written. In fact, with the screenplay screen with the screenplay being written so close from the comic book was being written the movie came out before the end of the series so like it actually influenced how the comic book actually ended and i'm like that's fucking cool like that's crazy so yeah i think it's awesome to see a comic book like uh, like influencing a movie that influences back into the comic book and then you have all this music from this era um like being plugged into it as well like that's that's crazy i've never heard some something doing something like that kind of reminds me a little bit of what what's happening with game of thrones right now yeah it's a great example it's a great example yeah because yeah, the the series goes for six issues, and now and he was still writing five when the movie went in development. So around the time when he fights the I'm going to pronounce this wrong Katiagi twins, um, that's where it starts to deviate. And so kind of the ending and like the sort of resolution is kind of completely changed. Um, but I think it's kind of um similar ish in terms of themes. But yeah, um, yeah, you guys, yeah. Uh, you guys want to uh, get yeah. into the bad boy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just I don't really have much else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I feel like I feel like the gladiator man just in the fucking in the fucking stadium and Matt you're the tiger because I know you're gonna you you have the capability to drive over here and rip my throat to shreds think, no, 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 you, just, you should not feel like the gladiator you should feel like Frankenstein's monster being chased no. out by the villagers <laughs> just like kill the monster like chasing them like a it's such like a, a an unpopular opinion but I'm just I, I couldn't it's just a movie I just 
just couldn't get into. And like the the three times I've tried to watch it, I'm just a bit yeah. But there are moments, there are definitely moments in it that I like. I'm not hating this movie. Like it is to me, it is okay. It's fine. It's a great. It's a good movie. Like it's not terrible. Um, like there are moments in this that definitely stick out to me that I fucking love, man. Like we'll get to them when we get to them. But yeah, um, Let's I dive also into have this. some. Oh, sorry, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Before we go, fuck you, Matt. Sorry, sorry. I'm just excited. I want to go. Yeah, well, I have a lot of shitty little nitpicky bullshit problems, like like little logic shit that I'm gonna bring up, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get on someone's nerves, man. Like, like you know, we'll get to them when we get to them. But like, I will, I will literally point those out. And like, honestly, fucking, someone's gonna throw something in their room. Like, I guarantee mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's get into this bitch, guys. Yeah. Uh, so we start off with uh, casual pedophilia. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> We start off with the greatest Universal logo ever in 8-bit chiptune theme. The second this came on the cinema, I blew my fucking load, dude. I thought there's yeah, so many fine. ways that logos fooled with, but this, I just want to emphasize how much I fucking love this opening thing. It's this neat. Logo. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I do. I do like then it. Then we have uh, casual pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, then we have casual pedophilia. So, not so long ago in a mysterious land of Toronto, Canada, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, I need to the- make a confession here with this yeah, scene. Um, it didn't seem you, that weird pedophile? to me. It didn't seem that. No, 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 no. Um, when I first watched this back in the day, it didn't seem that weird because Michael Sarah just looks so so young. But um, the fact that like yeah, no, like Kim says, they've been out of high school for thirteen years. Like he's twenty eight in this film. When I, oh no no he's twenty no he's twenty two. So he's twenty two. But I'm twenty eight now. Right. Um, but even at the age of 22, I remember when I was 21 or 22, I dated an 18 year old and I was just thinking, this girl's way too young. Oh, like, boy. she's so. And it was like, <laughs> oh, 19, it was like four years. And in this, it's like, I think Knives Chow is 17 and he's 22. So it's adding an extra two years of difference. And it's like, that's fucking gross. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, Matt, I just looked it up. Um, so the New South Wales Supreme Court has if- issued a warrant for your arrest. No, no. Just- <laughs> uh, legal age of consent is 17 and she was 18. So I thank know. you very much. You don't have, look, look at you trying to explain yourself as well. <laughs> but in America, I don't know if this is legal. Isn't age of consent 18 in America? Yeah, yeah, it's, a- yeah it's 18. So what's now, Canada? Like, I don't know. Pro- probably the same. If not, maybe younger. I think that they do kind of no, like they're fine. drinking. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's uh, whatever. It's, you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> also, in this scene, um, we meet um, Scott's. Uh, uh, the singer of his band, whose name is Stephen. Stephen, and they say he's, I think, twenty three. Is it? Uh, I'm just waiting for that thing to pop up for me. But yeah, Stephen, okay, he's not Stephen in his King. early twenties. Well, yeah, I mean, like, he looks way too fucking guess, old. Yeah, everyone's age younger. So Stephen Kim, young Neil's cousin. Stephen Kim, young Neil, who plays Zelda and Tetris, and they're giving Scott shit about dating a high schooler. I'll, I'll, I do. Okay, so let's get this out of the way because we're going to keep bringing it up. The visual style of the movie. Okay, it's fantastic. It's comic booky. It's uh, it's awesome. The character bios is what I'm really pointing out here. But like you know, whenever someone punches well, it's, someone, it's pow like, and shit like that. Let's let's get that out of our system now. What what, what like I think yeah. it's di- what is it diegetic music or sounds like it basically it's 
it's yeah. uh, I think it's whatever can be heard. Matt, you probably know this better than I do. Is what the characters like here in the scene? Isn't that diegetic yeah, music? Diegetic, yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 basically it's very comic booky in the fact that it actually Edgar Wright is like the perfect person to do this because when you watch something like Shaun of the Dead and we have these like <gasps> like these like crazy scenes with stuff being Crash opened up. I mean, stuff, yeah. yes, exactly, and everything is so hyper. I mean, that's like what's that's like what shit must sound like to like a fly. Like everything's so loud and like like and like <laughs> like, like like just crashing kind of at the same time. It's very rushing kind of noise. So I think he's the perfect person to do stuff like this because that kind of style is so good when you take something that's like a comic book because they adapt yeah. the comic book part of it so well versus something like the Hulk with Eric Bana. You're like, dude, <clears throat> like that's 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 a terrible example of doing it. But this Pretty is cringy. a great example of how to. Uh, this is a great example of how to do that. Um, and I think that I don't I don't know of anybody who has like quite that kind of same style as Edgar Wright. I'll I'm sure you. who's that. Well, I, I'm not going to say director, but I'll tell you a movie that's done it better than this. And I think it's uh, Into the Spider-Verse. That's animated. That doesn't count. That's animated. Oh, this is well, real I mean, life. Come on. <laughs> it's like, a real life it, adaptation. It, no, it's a whole no, new set no, of challenges. It, it, still, it still uses the, the, the comic book, you know, like the pow, bang, and then like uses yeah, the actual panels so as well. Yeah, but so does the 60s Batman, you know? Like with the now, ding dong here, it looks like it's right out of that. But like that's, this, that's, that's with different. live action, it's a whole new set of challenges because you also have to make it not seem like a fucking um, used car salesman ad with like text flying up and screen like, buy it now. But like, this is like a whole new set of challenges to put it with, with real people and stuff, man. I, like, I think I think they both have their own set of challenges and it ends up being a thing of like, like the animation in that, it took them a long time to do Into the Spider-Verse because they blended so many different styles of animation. And then you look yeah. at something like like this, like it, it it's, it's easier to say like, oh, well, it's easier to do it animated because they, everything's animated. Yeah, but it's also going to take us longer because we have more of that problem versus like with this, they have, you can just point a camera on someone and shoot and most of your problems are like solved right there. You just have to go back and add these little animations here or there. And that's the best part. They're subtle. They don't beat you over the head with stuff. You just hear something, you know, you hear something like somebody knocking on a door like, and it actually picks up that knock and you see yeah. like knock, knock, knock. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Um, it's but, creative yeah, as look. well because you got to actually have the audacity to think of um, that onomatopoeia, you know, um, which I love, man. Right, right, right. Uh, take us take, take away, we, <laughs> we, we make the span next, right? And um, what, this is the first, I think, video game reference because uh, they're called Sex bob which is a reference to the walking bombs from Super Mario. Oh, which, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, Literally every so- time you hear a name in this film, it's a reference to like an old video game from the 80s or something. What, what do we think? What do we think of Michael Sarah? I dig him, dude. I got no problems with him. I like him a lot. Matt? I used to think he was perfect, but now like watching it through like the lens of an older person, maybe we needed someone, maybe he was miscast. Like maybe we needed someone a bit more like a typical loser sort of guy. Like he, I, I do get an underdog vibe from him, but yeah, like I think he's great in this film. He's charismatic and stuff, but like if I was casting this film, he wouldn't have been my first choice, you know? Yeah. I like him. I, I, I do like him as Scott. It's just the character of Scott that I have an issue with. Um, by the way, guys, if you want to see Michael Sarah in his best, go check out This Is The End. This Is The End. <laughs> <for> <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh, fuck, man. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> hey, 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 does this coke smell weird? 
Apparently <laughs> for that role, he's like they asked him to be, and he goes, "Yeah, but I have to be able to play against my type because like he's like this in every film, like the shy, oh, yeah, awkward, nerdy sure. type." Like, yeah, so he's like, taking the piss. I yeah. need to be. I need to be like the biggest like yeah, asshole yeah. out. Um. So enter Knives so- Chow. So yeah. we meet Knives Chow, who totally geeks out about the band. We are Sex Babam, and they practice, and Knives basically comes like she's just <laughs> she's weak at the knees, man. Like holy shit. I was gonna say also um, when they call the song Launchpad McQuack, that is a DuckTales reference. Um, and I love the <laughs> nice. Zelda joke. Um, and I love I'm this opening credits too. Not not familiar with DuckTales, but- May I hit you gentlemen with the track? Yes. Yeah, hit me. It's pretty I good. I, how, I did dig it. Yeah. I love how it sort of zooms out and like, it's like, it's so weird. And then it goes in like this like weird opening credits thing there. It's so cool, bro. Yeah, the, apparently that was- back, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, cut back to Knives and she's like, amazing. <laughs> apparently this, this whole f- first part was Tarantino's idea. Cause he oh, was what? like, <laughs> you need, he's like, you need to add like a title thing at the beginning because your movie is going to be packed with these people already. And it's going to be easier for us to remember their names and do this thing. If you just add in this beginning part. Part, so he just did it. Wow, that's awesome. Holy shit. Tarantino loves that shit, man. Like he loves he loves having little input in movies like Sin City. Like he had that little segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good shit. Um it's fun to think that like those those credits are kind of like remind me of a grindhouse vibe, which is very Tarantino. But um speaking of Tarantino, I'm just looking for this comment I just read on IMDB trivia. Um so during the like rough cut stages, Edgar Wright showed this to a bunch of prolific directors who all had positive um, vibes. One was Tarantino. The others were Jason Reitman and Kevin Smith. Um, oh, dude. Kevin Smith will jizz yeah. all over this. Like, dude, I can Jason see that Jason Reitman, man. That fucking doing the mm. new Ghostbusters. He did Thank yeah. You for Smoking. I fucking love Thank You for Smoking, man. That's a great movie. I dig that, man. I, I do dig that movie. Fucking Aaron Eckhart, man. He's awesome. Yeah, that's good. Move us, move us along, Zoheb. Stay on target. Right. Stay on target. Yeah, yeah. We are getting... We are fucking... Where are the tracks? Like, where are the dude, tracks? Dude, this is Edgar Wright. We got three people on this episode. I'm like, this is I've, this is I've, literally this episode is literally Edgar Wright. Like, it, like the editing is just all over the place, but it's still kind of, sort of, not really coherent. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. So, um, basically, the band all dig knives, except for, um, except for fucking Kim, who asks, if, <laughs> who, asks who asks Scott if he's evil. <laughs> I just she's like, I'm, I'm hurt, Kim, wounded, hurt, Kim, like. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. Scott does this pretty often, and like I think it's a little dig at his character, but like this is something that really didn't really make me like Scott. It's kind of like little lines like this. So you were something about knives about being awesome. Like it's just kind of like little shit to service him. Like I feel like he's like a bit of a narcissist as well. Like is that what do you guys think? Like is he? No, I can buy it. He's kind of yeah. I mean he's he's kind of uh, he's a twenty year old guy in a band, dude. I mean (laughs) I have been 
this dude before. I own a base. Yeah. Like <laughs> afterwards, um, sorry, uh, I was just gonna say, like afterwards, we meet Wallace Wells, one of my favorite characters in this entire movie, yes, dude. Played by dude. Kieran Culkin. Holy shit, this guy's awesome, dude. Scott's trying to get Wallace Wallace's feelings on him dating a seventeen year old and ask him not to tell Scott's sister. <laughs> Cut to a <laughs> phone call from Sister Stacy, played by Anna Kendrick, immediately after. <laughs> dude, I never realized Anna Kendrick was in this movie until I watched it the other day. Dude, so many people have filmed small roles are super famous now. Like, Captain America is in this film. Brie Larson? You can't... I don't think you can assemble this cast today. And it's it's been nine years. Like, that's. it's not like it's been, you know, 30 years or something like that. It, it, like, this is... This movie would cost you an insane amount of money, just the budget alone, like, the, to spend on the on the cast. It's insane. Like, I'll talk about it when we get to Captain America a bit more. But, um, yeah, so Scott says that he's doing this because it's nice and simple, and Stacy accuses him of wanting something safer after Captain Marvel dumped him. <laughs> Cut to Scott and Wallace waiting for knives outside the school. Uh, by the way, as 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 you know, the the gripes that I have with this movie, like it is so fucking quotable, dude. Like she's only she's only allowed while the sun is up, so I wouldn't call it dating. It's more like playtime. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Like the, the the writing is so fucking sharp, and you can tell it's Edgar Wright. Like that is like hot fires, Shaun of the Dead shit. Like you know, um, Scott introduces knives to Wallace as his gay roommate with emphasis that he's gay. Uh, another just a little thing where I'm just like, oh, so he's kind of like emphasizing that he's gay because he's, I guess he's scared that it'll take him away or take her away from him or some shit. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, all right, dude, we get it. He's gay. Just let it go. Yeah. No, I'm just I don't kidding. know, man. I'm just, a, I'm just an analyzer sometimes and, you know, it's a fucking, it's a fucking, uh, it's a curse. Okay. So here's my first little nitpick slash gripe. So this is the only thing that connects Scott to the arcade or the fact that he likes video games, but it becomes such a massive part of the visuals later. Like, I feel like I need I needed more, like, about the whole the, the video game vibe. Um, hmm, that's that's fair. I, I, don't, I don't know. No, no. I, I feel like it just comes out of nowhere. Like, it's just like, oh, okay, so we, we're having a massive video game influence on the visuals of, of this movie, but we only get one scene of Scott actually liking video games or even talking I, about I it. I don't disagree. Like, it's a fair point and it's a good point. It's probably one that not a lot of people would raise, but you mentioned this to me like before I rewatched this and I watched it with that in mind and I gotta say like they don't do a lot to like the movie's not really about video games at all it just happens to be in the presentation of a video game at times um, but it's a good point it's a good point I, I get what you're saying a little bit um, like like we should kind of infer that it, you know this this is like at this age this is something that he like you know mentally kind of imagines but I, I don't I don't know just the fact for me that it's just like this one sort of thing that connects us like to basically what becomes the entire film like the fact that they drop coins whenever they die or like you know the fact that like basically we get these straight fighter sequences I don't it doesn't fit for me and maybe it's done better in the comic book but I wonder yeah. if like the origins of it was like so this movie is more about music than it is about um, video games but it does come from that very hipster world around a time when hipster was kind of like a new and cool and edgy thing and a big thing of that was like or a part of that was retro video games and like indie music and since he's like in a kind of like an indie rock band and uh, all that like maybe that's like the, maybe that was the vibe but it really does feel like the video game element overtakes the music element at many points in the film yeah yeah and, and I guess that's where I'm not that's where I'm kind of bumping up against it what do you think Colin uh wait but sorry what? Uh, what, what what do you think because you, you did start to say that you do agree so like uh, about about this one scene um, kind of I guess informing the whole visual oh, of the 
style not, yeah, of the they're movie. not being like enough like because yeah, he, he, I don't think he seems like a character like steeped in it. Like I don't know, I because yeah. I think it's something. Maybe that's one of those things that you think you want it and then you get it and it doesn't seem to fit because we're at, at that point like we're kind of being beaten like over the head w- like with it because it is like you said it takes up so much the visual style. So we really see him playing like a video game, but for the most part, his life really isn't about like video games. He's a musician. He plays bass, and he's in a pretty good band. So it's like really in between like uh, like we don't really see anything else outside of his life um, except for him really playing music. Like that's it. We see him like you said. We see him play video games once or twice, but it uh, like it didn't really affect me that bad. I mean, just to see it once was enough, just because it is like yeah. so present in the rest of the visual style. Yeah, like I said, it's just one of the the logic the logic stuff that I just kind of like bumped up against. Um, so they shop at Goodwill. Knives fawns over the band more <laughs> at the record store. Knives is fawning over the band, and she asked one of the employees, Julie, played by Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, if they Who have I any love. Clash of Demon Head. Dude, I love Aubrey Plaza's annoyed face here. <laughs> like she she's, totally she totally so encapsulates great. working there. Like yeah. like have you have you tried the section marked the Clash at Demon Head? <laughs> Gosh, such a bitch. So deadpan. It's yeah. so Aubrey like that, Plaza too. That was me working at the cinemas, dude. Like it's just like, oh, what do you have playing today? Oh, you want to take a look at that fucking giant board that says now oh, showing? Dude. Like honestly, <laughs> I had a grocery store I was working in once. Somebody's like, hey, uh, where's your cheese? And I just pointed back straight to a wall. I was like, it's right there with that big wall and that sign that says cheese. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, totally. Like, it totally encapsulated her. She's so good with that resting bitch face as well. Um, Scott tells Knives not to listen to Demon Head, saying that he used to heart them until they signed onto a major label and the lead singer turned into a total bitch who ruined his life forever. Uh, and this is this is weird. Okay, so this happens in a lot of movies, but I think it, it kind of works here. So I hate this in movies when a character is speaking in one scene but the conversation continues in another location uh so we transition to them walking outside but the conversation continues as if it's like right from the store so in the store knife says i've never gone out with anyone so talented and then we transition to them outside with scott's like you go out with a lot of guys right yeah, yeah like do you know yeah, what, yeah, I mean, what i'm saying basically like one line is said somewhere else and we pick up I, like i i don't mind that because i kind of i kind of like it it's just like breaking this kind of uh like the scenery that we're in one thing that's really neat is when mm, he yeah. tosses the Clash of Demon Head CD, it lands on the back section and Beck wrote like most of the music for this movie. <laughs> like he wrote the, he wrote, he wrote like pretty much all of the sex, uh, the like the sex, this, I kept trying to say sex bombs and I was like, it says bombs or whatever. Like it always fucked me up, but he wrote all the music for them basically. So I thought, I was, oh, it's cool. Like it's like a little Easter egg oh, when you cool. watch it, yeah. it kind of holds on it for a second. But I like that Edgar Wright does that and he breaks these things because one part of me wonders if it's for more of like an American audience like breaking that kind of like thing because mm. he, he actually specifically said I don't want any English actors in this movie it's like this is like my first like proper North American like release and I want to like do it right and stuff so I, I it's it's ironic because like that kind of you would think that that kind of thing that that breaks your attention like it, it or it holds your attention so much better would do well here but it actually kind of bombed here it's so odd it's kind of like a little conundrum yeah it's a 
Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. So, so in depth. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was yep. like, I was like, holy fuck, yep. man. We're like 45 minutes into <laughs> this episode. We're going to fucking move on. Knife uh, says that she's never kissed a guy and Scott conf- comforts her by saying that he hasn't either. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth. Scott shows Knives his secret lair and then offers to show her the house where he grew up. Grew up. Awesome Edgar Wright visual joke here, dude. This happens twice in this movie. Uh, turns around and there, there's the house. Awesome. Love that shit. Yeah. Scott Scott looks over and has a hallucination of him in the desert with who we come to know as Ro, uh, Ro, oh, I was about to say Rowena. Rowena Flowers. <laughs> can, can, can I pause here for one sec? Genocide. Um, I will admit this is slight, maybe weird criticism or something. I don't know. Like, um, so I remember, if I remember correctly, in the comics, the, what was it? The super highway that goes through Scott's dreams or whatever, like whatever it yep. is, right? Like, right. It's like a, a real big, important deal because she has a superpower where she can travel through dimensions through people's dreams or some bullshit like that, right? Um, and I kind of like with this movie where what I like with this movie is when it sort of feels like it's based in reality and then when they fight, it's just like, it's almost like a fantasy sequence. But I don't love it when it comes to moments like where they focus on that or um, at the end where it's like she's being mind controlled with some like robotic device. Like it kind of feels like it takes oh, we'll away- It kind of feels like it takes away from the heart of the story to me a bit. So yeah. that's an element of the film I, I, I don't love, to be honest. Well, I do like how, you know, she kind of passes off the superhighway thing as kind of like a sarcasm later. Like yeah, it's not really is, a thing. I like that in the movie, but like from my understanding in the comics, it's not like that. It's like, it's like, hey, let's spend five pages explaining it. And it's like, maybe don't like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do love what what they do with the borders here. So like the the I guess the outline of the screen. So if we're watching this on Netflix, it's kind of like full screen uh, on on well, at least on my TV. But then like whenever he kind of like goes into this like dream sequence, like they fuck with the the outside letterboxes. Yes, it's awesome. love it. Love I, it. It's, like, it's kind of like widens up and shit. It's 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 smooth, man. It's awesome visual shit. Uh, the next shot is so Edgar Wright, man. Oh yeah, he wakes up next to Wallace and other Scott. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally mesmerized by the dream girl. Yeah, man. I think it's so Edgar Wright, those wake up things. I love how it's a recurring gag too. Yeah. In the library, Scott sees Ramona, played by, the again, the beautiful Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and he's fucking smitten. Like, he's just in it. <laughs> uh, the band go to a party together. Scott and young Neil aren't digging it, saying it sucks. Uh, and Scott bumps into a guy named Cormo. Cormo. Or Cormo? 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 Yeah. Whatever. Basically, he's from the office. He's the IT. Yeah. Sorry, uh, uh, I, I don't mean to backtrack, but I just really want to emphasize how much I fucking love the transitions between these three yes, scenes. Yes, yes, like yes, yes. How he's, which is very also Edgar Wright, but like it just like it's like filmmakers. This is how it's meant to be done. It's so inspiring to see it done so well. Like he starts off in the library. Um, Stephen comes in, screams his ear. He appears at the apartment, and then um, they sort of continue the conversation from the apartment to outdoors, which is not how time works. But <laughs> oh, really? It's so Edgar Wright. That's I love what I'm it, saying. Man. That's that's what I was saying earlier, like the the conversation and then time and then location. Like it reminds me of Speed. Like remember when okay. they're at the lift and uh, they go out to the roof and like Keanu Reeves is like mid sentence and finishes his sentence like when they get to the roof. <laughs> like, oh, I can't remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. Yeah. Um, so Cormo uh, tells uh, tells Scott about Ramona and that she's at the party. I just love Scott just instantly disappearing with a whoosh. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's just gone. <laughs> and that dude every every time that guy's on. Which, by the way, it looks exactly like Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. Um, every time you see him in the background of a scene or something, um, he's always saying something like really hipster 
or weird. Yes. Like here he's like he said here he's saying like I think you should market your music to deaf people. And later on he says something. It's like I think it's him. And he goes like, you know, their first album sounds a lot better than their first album. Yeah. Like he's always saying weird shit like that in the background. <laughs> it's so hipster. I love it. Yeah, I did notice like the second time, like when he when he says that about the about the first album. I'm like, wait, he just said the yeah. like something totally nonsensical. <laughs> it's, I think it's meant it's to be weird. a joke at like the older stuff is better, but the Benny's talk about has no older yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, like a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, when he shows the um, the the drawing of Ramona um, flowers, that is actually drawn by the creator of Scott Pilgrim, and that's like the sort of outline of what her character looks like in there because it has its own very unique art style. So, um, yeah, when cool. they had to show him something, um, they brought the creator on set and like, can you do a shitty drawing of Ramona? <laughs> that was it. Scott Scott slinks up to her and he lays down that Pac Man line, that fucking slaying like fucking lady killer line. Oh, such, yeah. such, such an iconic shot of him though. Like that, yeah, that whole totally. thing, that, awesome. that frame is so goddamn good. That is like cinema porn, dude. I'm like, oh, it's so yeah. eternal sunshine it of the spotless totally mind is. almost. Like as I'm looking yeah. at it, I'm like, dude, this whole yeah. thing feels like eternal sunshine. I agree. But can but, I ask you guys uh, a question that's always bugged me with the shot? Mm. What the fuck is up with that the light, light switch, switch in the top yeah. left corner? They said they don't know. It was What's a, six this- foot tall, like 12 <laughs> foot tall monster is fucking clicking, turning the lights on and off there. And how well, did they get the balloons up so high? What is going on with that light switch? They, they, it they, makes no sense. They did say that this house they're filming this in is a fraternity house that they rented for like three days. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's just like a bunch of dudes on a basketball team from a, from a fraternity, all like seven foot two and shit. Like, I'm tired of having to, I'm tired of having to bend down to turn the lights off to so just like reach up. <laughs> <laughs> These hundred foot tall basketball monsters are just like, <laughs> light switch goes on. <laughs> yeah, fucking hilarious, guys. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so, hey, you're such a buzzkill. <laughs> you know what? It's okay. Me and Colin got this. So, Ramona's not phased of the Pac-Man line and she gives him a long blank stare and he's just like, I'll leave you alone forever now. And basically, he just fucking stalks her like a creep. Yeah. Dude, like, no, I, I'll leave you alone forever now. This is what I'm saying. Now. It's shit I like this where I'm just like, sorry, Scott. Sorry, Scott. I can't get on board with you, man. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't, I don't. Uh, Bro, yeah. it's in a movie, so it's romantic. That's how these things work, okay? <sighs> no, it shouldn't be. I'm sorry. What what, what lesson are you teaching us here, Edgar? <laughs> uh, Scott does some digging and finds out that she's American, and I'm just like, fuck, cut your losses, Scott. Sorry, she's American. See ya. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Got ya. Got ya, bitch. Uh, finds out from Julie that Ramona just moved uh, here, got a job at Amazon, just broke up with someone. Did she really? <laughs> I also love Julie the phrase lady dudes he uses in this scene. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear the my biggest laugh in this entire movie? Mm. Okay. So Julie Julie rattles off Scott's exes. That time with Kim. Me and Kim are all good now. And we pan over to Kim who's <laughs> just staring at Scott. And this, <laughs> the sound of the yeah. microphone feedback. Holy that shit, is dude. So That's amazing. Right, dude. Like, go, go back. Do yourself a favor and watch Space, the show that came out before Shaun of the Dead. And it is, yeah. dude, it has shit like that all the fucking time dude it is so good but yeah that just her stare dude she you know she almost never blinks in this fucking movie yeah, holy I fuck know. dude that's like some Schwarzenegger T2 
new shit, dude. <laughs> but you know, you know, you know what's better, dude? Like, like the the microphone feedback also doubles as like like a horror kind of like <laughs> right. uh, like a little motif, like a little motif. You know what I mean? It's it's awesome. It's it's so well done. I I love that moment. I fucking spit take that moment, dude. <laughs> also, <laughs> I just want to uh, clarify. I wonder if this is intentional, but like the way that everyone describes her, they describe her like she's is like a video game character warrior. Like um, the quotes are. I hear she kicks all kinds of ass. Then it's she's on another level. Then it's um, she has men dying at her feet. And then it's she's got some battle scars, dude. Like they all like, are ways that you could like say, oh, it describes like a person, like their relationship. Yeah. Or like no, it's also it's a video game character that murders people. <laughs> I dig that. That's pretty cool. Uh, back home, Wallace collapses into bed as Scott tells him about seeing the girl from his dreams at the library and at the party. Uh, dude, I love Wallace pretending uh, that it's about a guy <laughs> like he's like he's yeah. like, can we just pretend we're about we're talking about a guy and he suggests breaking up with knives uh and we get a call from stacy <laughs> i love that wallace texted while he's her asleep. while he's asleep how did you even do stacy that stacy says that yeah it's just like humanly impossible stacy says that she he shouldn't juggle two girls and then it sucks being cheated on uh not wrong yeah uh again yeah. I, I don't like like this is this all plays into scott's arc but uh, i i do think it takes a little while a little little too long for it to come around um stacy says that she should send out a mass text about this and hangs up uh, love the cut from night to day dude like i know colin you probably jizzed at that like the the cut from night to day wallace wakes up to scott uh, asking him about the website for amazon.ca yeah yeah what's that website amazon.ca yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude i Great. love this awesome. like humor here where he's just like i got an email dude i'm reading it and he's like this is and this builds up boring delete <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dear Mr. Pilgrim, it has come to my attention that we'll be fighting soon. My name is Matthew Patel and blah, blah, blah. Save for seven evil. This is, this is, this is boring. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that Scott is also terrible at emailing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, that's followed by um, also one of my favorite jokes of the film of him just literally sitting at the door like a fucking puppy. Yeah. And then when he gets the package, he just throws it in the bin. And, and apparently, I, I'm sorry, I don't whoa, mean to jump whoa, ahead. Sorry. Oh, I have a good, I have a good trivia yet. for that. I'll, I'll wait till we get there. All right, all right. So uh, we get knives arriving, and Scott's totally fucking. We get this uninterested in knives montage. That's what yeah. I call it. This panning from right to left, dude. It, like the re- revealing of new locations in a montage. It's so fucking Edgar Wright. Well, um, it reminds arcade, me of Scott- um, is it Shaun of the Dead or is it World's End? The one where um, it's Simon Pegg yeah, and he's like going Dead. through his moments of his life with the train and all that. But like now we're seeing them again, but it's like in a different context. It's yeah, really cool. Very Right, yeah. Uh, at the arcade, Scott begins to tell Knives that they should break up, and we cut to Scott playing the guitar solemnly as uh, Stephen tells the band that he got them to got them a gig at the Toronto International Battle of the Bands. And then I just wrote, I wonder if Ned Schneebly and the School of Rock will be there. <laughs> Speaking of which, can I just? I, I don't mean to go on a slight tangent, but did you guys know that there is a Nickelodeon show based in the movie School of Rock, and it's been around for about three years now? Yeah, it's I've won heard about that. a ton of awards. And it looks like if Chris Hemsworth was doing a Jack Black and Press impersonation. Jesus. Um, I've, I've, I've definitely yeah, heard about that. I think weird. that's based on the play, on the Broadway play, more than the actual movie, though. Oh, I haven't seen the play. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Musical. Whatever. Um, yeah. our, our mutual friend Chris has seen it, uh, okay. Matt. Um, oh. So, yeah. Uh, but Knives is here, isn't she? And she's fucking keen. She's she is excited. all about this, man. Like, holy you know shit. What other, um, you know what other elements? Wong movie 
we've actually done? What? Fucking The Void. Oh. She's in The Void, dude. I was like, oh, hell yeah, dude. She is adorable, dude. I love knives. Like, how can you, like, for, for one thing, I was I was in a band once, and there was a girl that fucking loved us. She was, like, Filipino or something. She's really, really, really nice. <clears throat> Absolutely adorable. But she was so much like this. Like, she was just like, I think you guys are amazing. Like, and she was, she was <laughs> just like that. And it was so, I mean, so flattering. She wasn't creepy at all. I was never put off by it. She was, she would text, she would text us like lines, like lyrics or something and be like, I just love this line so much in this song from Bubba. And just tell me why she liked something that I, that I had made. And I was like, that's so fucking nice. But I've always thought of this girl when uh, I see knives. That's funny. Also, for the record, that's a terrible shirt. That sex Bob Bomb shirt is terrible. I was, yeah, I was about <laughs> to she say made that. that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. won't be knives wearing sex Bob Bomb shirts. It'll be the cool kids too. Oh, <laughs> and I just wrote that the shirt shade. is hideous. What a the shitty fucking ass. shade. Yeah. The audacity and of that shade. Oh my god. <laughs> also, just quickly, just quickly, Colin, this is Ellen Wong's first feature film yeah. appearance, which is Dude, pretty she cool. She kills it, man. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. It's awesome, but it, like honestly, her excitement is a little scary. I know. I, I think <laughs> that's like, I, this- I think that's kind of the point. I'm like, dude, I like that. Yeah. It's like yeah, misery. Exactly. I, it reminds I me of misery. Anything. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, hold yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Scott has to pee, and I dig the pee bar. Uh, he hallucinates that he's at school again with the cool border effect. Uh, chases uh, Ramona and wakes up to her ringing his doorbell. <laughs> Do you want to go out sometime? Um, no. Will you sign for this? <laughs> <laughs> Just straight up, straight up, fucking dismissed. I love it. Uh, and Scott lists some reasons for Ramona to ha- hang out with him, and she says, "If I say yes, will you sign the damn package?" Like you said, Matt, quick cuts to signature and backward three-pointer into the trash can. <laughs> yeah. So apparently when he threw that into the trash can, um, that was done um, by um, Michael Sarah. It wasn't like CGI or anything. Um, and it took like a million takes and they could have used special effects, but apparently Michael Sarah was very insistent that he did it. Um, and yeah, it was, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. It reminds me of The Office when uh, Michael like does the, 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 the basketball fucking three-pointer backwards where the fuck is Jill when I need her dude you guys don't watch The Office fuck's sake <laughs> no, I've, I've, watched seen, I've, watched I've seen I've seen some right, episodes catch you on the flippity flop yeah see because right. I heard he tried that shot like 30 times and eventually they were like fuck it we're going digital <laughs> like we can't fucking keep doing this man um, <laughs> uh, well, you know what I'm basing this information off like a Wikipedia article I read like maybe 10 years ago oh, yeah. so maybe you're right <laughs> <laughs> very credible source I love it <laughs> guys My we memory- Midnight Double Feature always bring you the most credible sources, so please take everything we say I want to see bibliography cards, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see references. Are the referencing only, please? (laughs) Yeah, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, And then we cut to uh, the date, or quote, the date. Uh, We find out that Ramona chose Toronto to escape, and because Gideon told her Toronto was one of the great cities, she says that Gideon is just a friend and doesn't want to get into it further. And uh, Scott's in between jobs at the moment, which is what I used to say a few months ago. I'm in between jobs. <laughs> but really, you're just unemployed. Yeah, he's a, he's a, um, he's a, he's a fucking loser, isn't he? No, I'm yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we already established that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, and they go through that fucking door, which like is like a theme that I'm not loving with this film, but it's like, it's almost metaphorical yeah. in this scenario. So I, I do like, like the visuals it. here. It's I do beautiful. like the visuals here, but then I wrote like, am I tripping balls? Like, what, what's with this door shit? Yeah. And then they end up at her home, so. It makes no yeah. sense. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, my uh, my notes, my notes auto auto corrected to Ramon, and it just reminded me of collateral Ramon. <laughs> Ramon. 
At Ramones, she offers him coffee. And by the way, is this cupboard in the UK or some shit? Like, how much tea is yeah, there? Right? Like, yeah. tea and coffee. What the fuck? Holy shit. Is also, this a British person's cabinet? When she says she's having sleepy time, I'm just pretty sure he's she's just spiking his drink. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd have loved it like a visual gag if she'd opened up the thing and just all this tea came pouring out of like like liquid tea already made just pouring yeah. out of the drawer. <laughs> she's like, oh. So um, we get more evidence that uh, Scott might be a sex pest when he accidentally walks into a changing. Yeah, right. Like, come on. She's into like, it. I mean, we already, saw, we already saw him stalking her. Yeah, she's oh, into oh, it, man. And, they and, hook and, up. In his defense, she never said that she was changing. She was going to get a blanket. So, like, oh, how is I he didn't supposed know to your know? Honor. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. I didn't know your honor. Yeah. Okay, fine. I'll give it to you. But the stalking is on I how it dips to black when he covers his eyes. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, like that's that. cool. Uh, they hook up and uh, I wrote here, I don't know if it's earned. I feel like this comes way too quickly. What? The, like the hooking up, like the fact that she's into him. I don't, uh, I don't they're, know. they're too horny mid-twenties. Like, uh, like, why else do you think she came? Mm. O- he came over? You know, it was going to happen. Because she looks hurt. Like she looks she looks broken. She looks hurt. Like she, she kind of plays it off as this sex. person. Sex is the glue that <laughs> puts... <laughs> sex is the glue that like glues the broken pieces of your heart back together. Well, I mean... T- oh, yeah. And the person you'd want to do it with is uh, is fucking, uh, fucking Michael Sarah over here. You're like Mindy Kaling from uh, This Is The End, who's like, you know, probably a hot body. He's probably got a giant dick, but he's like, you know, <laughs> tiny. Well, one yeah. thing, this, to uh, be fair, it seems like it hasn't been forever, but it's a half hour into the movie. Like a half hour, basically, when like when, yeah. this, when this starts to happen. And you still have an hour and a half of movie left. So it's like, honestly, for the time, I mean, I, I don't mind it because we established our characters. We established his relationship. Enough to a point that we, we feel like that Scott's a piece of shit for doing this. And if we feel that way, then I think our world's already established like pretty good. Uh, but yeah, but and, really they and, only met and, 15 minutes ago. And he never, no, they didn't meet 15 minutes ago. They've been on a date. Like they didn't like walk around that park would have taken at least 40 minutes and another shit. No, but in the know, movie, in the movie. Oh, it's, yeah, but it's jumped around in time. It's not, you know, but also it's not like they have sex because she fucking blue balls him. That, <laughs> she does. That, it's not okay. Yeah, she, uh, you know, Scott, Scott does the old James Bond move and says, uh, hey, let's get under that blanket. And uh, and it fucking works, dude. That's I write it in capital letters. I'm like, it fucking works for a while Does, because Ramona says that she doesn't want to have sex with him right now. Um, the next day, Scott invites Ramona to the Battle of the Bands and Ramona gives him her number. Uh, and then uh, she arrives at the Battle of the Bands the next day. Yes, I, t- I did totally come, which is what I wrote <laughs> yeah. hilariously. When she, when, she, when she said that, I looked over at Lindsay and I just did like a double yeah. eyebrow raise like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I knew you did. I knew you would, dude. I fucking knew it because I like that's why I wrote it. I'm like, that uh, okay, seems I just, uh, intentional. I gotta get this out now. I just have to. She is like manic pixie dream girl like shit. Like that. Like the thing is, like, oh, totally. I mean, she's kind of like she's not perfect. You know, that's that's the thing. But they keep her so mysterious, and the fact that she's always dying her hair, and the fact that she just acts like so cool and like apathetic about things. Like this, I, I would have been like infatuated with this girl in high school. I'd have been like, she hates me. Oh, she's so cool. <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh my god. I, I honestly, I, I 100% agree with you, dude. And I think, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, plays it so well, man. Like, like by the way, check her out in Fargo season three. Like, I always bring Fargo up. Uh, w- watch her. Like, she's awesome. Um, so half agree, half 
disagree. Um, so manic, I don't think manic pixie dream girl is the right terminology for this because that usually yeah, yeah. That, that that goes that's more like Zoe Deschanel in Yes Man. It's it's very bubbly and bright. But what I think Ramona is, she was like the start of a trend, or maybe she wasn't the first, which is the first one that I noticed, where it's like it's a girl who has some usually some Asian in her colored hair, kind of like the goth cool girl, which we see in stuff like Big Hero Six, and it's often like a kids movie where it's like they're the badass girl or even um the the chick from um lego movie um it's often like they have like one streak dyed of crazy color and they're like kind of got a goth vibe and like they're too cool for everybody and that's becoming a real yeah, trope I don't, um there's a I don't name think for she it. started this maybe she didn't but she was like one of the first big ones for sure mm. um there's a yeah. word i feel like it's like stoic demon i want to find out what it is i'm going to find out what it is and i'll get back to you on that but let's let's move all right, on all right. so um stacy introduces herself wallace and her boyfriend jimmy who wallace introduces himself to <laughs> <laughs> and knives oh here we go so this is awkward man everyone's looking at uh everyone in this intense stare down dude i love wallace looking at jimmy <laughs> uh, a band called crash and the boys plays a song i am so sad i am so very very sad for two seconds no a race, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, also, yeah. um, so so okay. First of all, Crash and the Boys is a reference to a 1992 NES video game um, that no one gives a fuck about. It is super obscure. Um, also, um, that like whole joke I think is a reference to the genre of music called grindcore, which is known for having songs around the two to five second mark. Usually, it's just a bit heavier what? there. Yeah. So um, fuck rock. Very indie. Very uh, underground. Fuck that. Also, that, that name I of that song. Sounds like right it. Also, the name of that song being that long, it sounds straight up something from like Panic at Disco or Fallout Boy, like straight up. Um, like I Ride Sins on Tragedies, yeah. Like, no, that's a short name for like um, Panic at Disco, by the way. It sounds long, but compared to the other tracks, it's kind of short. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Scott sees Ramona and Knives talking. Uh, slap Steven. We need to play and we need to play now. Oh, we need to play now and loud, sorry. Uh, <laughs> this next band is from Toronto and uh, yeah. May <laughs> <laughs> I hit you gentlemen with a track? Yeah, hit me. Sure, I love it. Very catchy, yeah. Um, by the way, knives passes out very conveniently. <laughs> I, like, did you did you catch that? Did you? Yeah, like she catches, he passes out right before Mister Patel shows up, and she wakes up right after Mister Patel exits. So yeah, um, can I can I can I add in a uh, personal stuff? Also, love the fact that um, the other person's uh, drum kit just has the word drum on it. Um, but yeah, at many points during my life, people have referred to me as Matthew Patel. Um, he has. Kind of dark, darker skin, very emo, very eccentric. I am basically Matthew Patel, Um, and and now he's he's also got like those like side, those scar sideburns, um, which I kind of can have sometimes. So. 
<laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm just not Indian, but um, yeah, I'm Matthew Patel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, God. I, I also used to have the same haircut. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, that's fucking hilarious. <sighs> Watch out! It's that one guy. <laughs> I love that line, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, uh, like this is our first battle. Dude, holy shit, the visuals are awesome here. I love Patel's. <laughs> it's so <laughs> anime. He, uh, I love Patel's intensity. You're quite the opponent, Pilgrim. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Pilgrim. Dude, yeah, I am it's Ramona's kind of Dragon Ball Z. ex-boyfriend. And he's like moving his yeah. head side to side with each one. Dude, I- kind of Dragon Ball Z meets Straight Fighter meets Tekken, right? I'm just going to tell you, I uh, fucking hate yeah. part of this scene though I cannot stand it when Ooh. he when he breaks into the song I was like dude this is fucking lame like I just I like yeah. and the dancing like hipster chicks with him I was like the whole dude, Bollywood shit I hate yeah. this I, man I agree I, I it's always meant to be like a reference to, like his heritage like Bollywood but it's like it's it kind of kills the Wait. vibe is this, is, is this racist it's clearly it's cl- like like the musical style is like very Bollywood influenced isn't it right yeah 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 uh, but it just it, it takes it, it took me out of it so odd just not not even so much the style of like like the origin of it but more so like that is like now that is like a straight musical whereas like before we just had like a like literally he interrupted a full band playing this like fucking awesome kind of like indie grungy kind of whatever song and now he breaks into this <laughs> like if i was a rich girl i was like what the fuck this is weird man to make it cooler in the side-scrolling beat-em-up version of the game he just sends out evil demon hits the chicks to fight you and like that's a lot better um but i do gotta say man the fight choreography in this in fact the whole yeah. movie is insane even the way yeah, it's done very good very like, good it's done by better than like a lot of action martial art films i see today like it's fucking great but it's not it's not only the fight choreography it's also the way right moves the camera around them like yeah. the way he moves it around them like it's awesome dude it's so well shot um it's good it, it's um <laughs> I, I do have a couple of nitpicks here, but here we go. So, number one, how, I mean, I know it's it's kind of sort of all in his head. How does he, like, start, no, like, how does he know how to fight? I don't Yeah, uh, no, that, that's one, and I think that's one thing when, like, it cuts up to, like, Anna Kendrick and, and everybody else, like, up top, they're kind of like, what? Like, that's so weird. Yeah. I, and I think that's, I don't know, I, the fact that the movie seems like it's in on it, it doesn't bother me as much, because, uh, yeah, I'm like, wow, how the fuck did he block that punch? Like, that's incredible, you know? And, like, these people have demonic powers and crazy shit and he's able to like fight them off but I think it's like the fact that it's a comic book video game kind of movie I'm willing to let it slide and also it seems like the characters of the movie are kind of like what the fuck like with you so I don't mind that as much because it seems like it's yeah. almost like like it's almost like a joke that they're in on what I love about it is okay first time watching it that threw me off too I won't lie but we got to ex- learn to accept with this film and the film I think tries to train you in it but it doesn't Im- immediately do a great job is that you have to accept that everything guns and video game logic like he the, her evil ex her exes are all evil and they formed a league to fight him and they just have to like that makes no sense they can shoot fireballs and they don't explain that everyone can do kung fu in this movie they never explain that um there's there's like nothing like like look whenever ramona talks about how she met one of her ex-boyfriends it's always like we fought the like with matthew it's like we fought the entire football team and won victorious or was stuff like 
that. Like everything is based around like a video. It's video game logic. You've got to you've got to fight people to progress and have a to, to advance in life. But it totally for me it destroys the stakes. Like if if we're going off like video game logic here, and somehow uh, Scott has all of these powers and you know not powers, but you know what I mean. Like he's got this crazy fighting skill. Like the stakes for me just go out go out the window. Like it's automatically like god mode kind of thing. Like I'm like I know he's gonna win. Well, do you though? Because other people have powers he doesn't have, and. I don't know. I, feel I was like gonna say that. It, I was like, that's that's the only thing. Is like, I get it. Like, yeah, he's like, wow. When did you become like Superboy Prime? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? But then you look and you know, yeah, like the other guys have power. So it's kind of like if he were just this normal guy, it would be like a super one sided kind of fight. But at the same time, I mean, that might be something that's more interesting to watch. Is this guy with like no powers have to fight all of these like mythical ex boyfriends or something? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of like waved away for me a little too casually so i don't know um I, I do have one more thing so while while these guys are kind of like showing down and shit uh like and it happens a couple times during this movie what the fuck is everyone else doing they're, they're watching like it's dragon ball z <laughs> this is this, they're, they're here for the show uh. I don't know, man. I mean, like, are they watching Scott literally kick this guy midair? Like, is this is this happening? Like, are they actually watching this, or is this happening I think in Scott's in head? In this reality, in this world, that is an every natural, normal thing. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, is it kind of like Sin City, where everyone accepts that? Like, I think, I there's think so much ultra violence and shit. Because I mean, she even yeah. said something about like going through subspace and this, this super whatever highway. So like, it's just it's just kind of like take your world and add like a little bit of a twinge on it. You know, kind of, like you said, kind of like Sin. City or just yeah. stuff like that, where it, where it seems like um, like for practical purposes, it, it's this kind of universe that they live in, where like physics don't apply, and 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 it's so like influenced by like all this different stuff. Um, but uh, but I mean, I like it. I dig it a lot. Can I ask you guys a question? Um, no. Have a look at one of these um, demon hipster chicks and just tell me, smash or trash? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not getting my dick anywhere near her mouth, but I mean, they are kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this, yeah, this is Bollywood thing, Colin. I completely agree with you. It's fucking weird, man. I just, yeah. uh, but you know, Patel, Patel does have some great lines, man. <laughs> Didn't you get my email explaining the situation? <laughs> I love it. Um, so yeah, Scott knocks out Patel and, uh, I, I love, this is my favorite, like Scott delivery. It's very short. Sweet coins. <laughs> uh, tell your gay friends I said bye. Wallace again. Yes. Oh, I love that. So That's so good. <laughs> Also, awesome, dude. I love then, the the, yeah. the video game trope of you get money for defeating your enemy, like being used here. Right. Um, I think it's very clever. Yeah, but I mean, like, where are the cops? Is there going to be a coronial inquest? Like, what's Stop happening? Stop trying here? to apply <laughs> logic no, to this masterpiece. Logic does not exist. Like, this world is different to ours. You need to accept that. You don't. You don't watch Star Wars and say like, oh, well, how come they're not floating in space? You know, like, you just need to accept this world for what it is, bro. Yeah, but I mean, like, Star Wars waves it away with two senses. Sentences in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, like, this is in a mysterious like Toronto. This is a mysterious land called Toronto, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that you know, so that mythical world full of unicorns, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Are we not? Like, this, is how, this is how Canadians live their everyday lives. Are you not aware? They they have pee meters. They fight their evil uh, for, to get the girlfriend. Have to fight their seven evil exes. This is normal stuff in Canada. Are you not aware of this? <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds like Scientology bullshit. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
uh, on the bus, Ramona breaks it down for Scott. Uh, if they're going to date, Scott has to defeat her evil exes, and it's important that she corrects Scott, who says boyfriends. Yeah, right. Um, that becomes and a recurring thing throughout. I also love that, like, it's so romantic. She lends him thirty-five cents for the bus, which is just so, so you know, dream girl, dream girl stuff. Going there. the extra mile, dude. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, and then we get the Seinfeld sequence. Yeah. Oh, Holy God. shit! Bam, How much bam, money bam, did they pay? Like, give away for this shit? Holy shit, man! Oh man, like, this this would have been expensive. I remember seeing this in the movie theater, and everybody lost their shit. This is so great, and he's full acting like he's in well, sitcom. The way he does like that, that um Spider Man three strut, like when he comes in, someone got the second <laughs> base last night. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm watching Seinfeld. I'm watching Seinfeld for the first time ever right now. What? So I really appreciate this. Wait, you give yeah, a shit about the office and you haven't seen Seinfeld? End your life. Well, hey, I'm rectifying right that. I'm rectifying okay. that. Love Good that thing. show. That's uh, like my favorite. Sitcom. Yeah, I, do, I love the door opening and the audience cheering. Like it's so crazy. Yes. Like every time, yeah. like the you know. Um, another thing and, that's uh, common in this film, which I love, is like how quickly Scott can change his clothes. Like he just goes through a door, comes back in a new shirt. Like it's no big deal. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's visual shit. Um, Wallace says that Scott has to break up with Knives that day, uh, and we're introduced to Lucas Lee, who's filming a movie in Toronto. Uh, I will talk about him a bit later because this isn't really this isn't. This is just really a TV kind of um, appearance, but yeah. Um, in the record shop, Knives wants to meet her. Knives wants Scott to meet her parents. Uh, she says that she's in love with Scott, but Scott says that uh, they should break up, and thus a villain is born, or so we think. Mm-hmm. Like usually, this is where we get an origin story for a villain, right? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't really go out that way, which uh, which I was surprised at. But yeah. Um, at band practice, Scott has no remorse, and the band's kind of taken aback. Uh, Ramona meets the band. Scott's weird it out by the blue hair <laughs> Neil knows my parts <laughs> like he just fucking leaves Dude, my favorite yeah. part of that is when Kim's like she actually she's smiling really big and she's like I actually used to know, uh, know Scott in high school and she's like oh you got any good stories she's like yeah he's yeah. an idiot she just like drops her <laughs> face so fast like I, I gotta admit she's great but, but, I also like, love um, one of my favorite shots from even the trailer is um, when like she shoots herself in the head with the blam with yeah, her fingers you can hear like the but her mouth doesn't yeah. make the noise I'm like that's cool Cool, dude but like yeah you've got like Mary Elizabeth Winstead Brie Larson Anna Kendrick uh, you know um, we've got like knives and all of them are kind of like like the top oh my god they're so attractive blah 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 blah. but Kim like Kim's a drummer dude like that automatically yeah. gets you like 10 points on the hot scale and she's fucking <laughs> um, crazy and, and she's a ginger yeah <laughs> well it's, it's, a, it's a triple threat for Colin here <laughs> she has no soul you know yeah. all of the drummers in this movie are female oh good point good point Every single one of them. Yeah. Wait, even in Clash of Demonhead? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a chick with a metal arm or something like that. Because <laughs> in the com- in the comic book, she's the one that punches knives like later on. Not, right. not, not Brendan Bruce's character. But yeah, I've always thought, I was like, yeah, Kim's, Kim's fucking cute. But she's kind of got that like, oh, hey, yeah, sorry, I was 15 minutes late and she's going to smash your nuts in with a hammer or something kind of thing. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> she, like, she, like it's kind of frightens you <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> you um, know, uh, the way love works. <laughs> yeah, are you okay, dude? Are you okay? Is everything all right between you and the missus? You got you guys buy me a you guys buy me a ticket to get out. <laughs> 
Um, fun fact about this band, um, all the members of Sex Bobon spent several weeks learning how to play together as a band. Um, and while Mark, I'm reading this for IMDb, Mark Webber, Alison Pill, and Johnny Simmons had to learn the instruments from scratch, Michael Sarah had to dumb down his bass playing in order to not outshine his bandmates. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. That's how also, that's cool. That's pretty cool. And a big and a big shout out to the bass line from Final Fantasy Two. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so later on, I, I believe know, he plays it while fighting the vegan as well, because that's like the battle theme. And so, like the fact that it plays during the battle, like that's a real tap in the nose. You can tell I love this movie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I can. Uh, I can hear you jizzing from here. Uh, by, by the way, you, the, your excitement for this movie is like is like me hearing the waves crash in Colin's vagina whenever <laughs> I hear Edgar Wright. Whenever I say Edgar <laughs> oh, Wright, yeah. like that's literally is this real? yeah, what's happening it's, here. It's pretty great. Like, honestly, let's be honest this entire podcast just me and Colin in a corner jerking each other off while you sit in the other corner and just be grossed out (laughs) (laughs) pretty much pretty much alright let's move let's move along Wallace is going up to the castle to see Lucas Lee while Scott and Ramona have their date bread makes you fat (laughs) dude that changed my life hearing that I now avoid bread yeah (laughs) well okay maybe not back then but now I am Uh, sorry what took you nine years yeah yeah, well Every time I, I go to eat bad food, it usually involves bread. And I have like this scene in my head where it's like, bread makes you fat. Like what? Like, yeah, that's that's a constant reminder that, yeah. <laughs> uh, they talk about his hair. Love the narration about Scott knowing when his last haircut, haircut was. Yeah, I love the hat joke. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, yeah. That comes back, man. Scott, tell, uh, Scott starts telling Ramona about Nat. He knew her as Nat, but then suggests going for a walk. It's a bit of a sore subject for him. Uh, they walk up to the castle and... And this is my favorite sequence in the film. Chris Evans as Lucas Lee, pre-Captain America. Holy shit. <laughs> I, wow. Fucking Wallace, I want to have his adopted babies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so wild, like, seeing uh, MCU, massive MCU stars like this before they became MCU stars. Like, can you, like, Chris Evans probably never even knew how crazy his acting life was about to change. Yeah. Literally, the next year, man. Oh, like, yeah. The, like they would have filmed the first Avenger by now they probably would have started uh, pre-production on the Avengers but man like it's just it's kind of it's kind of crazy like Marvel were only what like two three films deep at this point probably. with Iron Man 2 coming out this same summer yeah, yeah. so it's it's crazy it's, like it's wild how nine years just ugh wild also, you know, I don't, wanna, don't forget um, this movie also stars um, a Superman uh, Brandon I think it's Lee who plays um, yeah, the, the bass Ruth. player uh, Brandon Ruth Brandon sorry Ruth. Yeah. Brandon Brennan Lee died. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, wrong <laughs> Brennan. Whoa, too soon. Uh, nah. Yeah, yeah. And he's also um, Ray Palmer, the Adam in um, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. So, oh this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got he's got a reputation of like superheroes. That 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 folk. Yeah, but we're, we're looking yeah. at the other. And Mary superhero. Elizabeth Mary Elizabeth Winstead's about to be in uh, Birds of Prey. Oh right, oh, that's okay. fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Universal music as he walks out of his trailer. Awesome. So Dude, funny. I, I, <laughs> so I don't want to go. I, I don't want to go past the part. Yeah, he skateboards up. And he just like the director's about to go and and he and, and Chris Evans goes action. action. I'm like, dude, <laughs> Matt, 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 what would you do if you were directing something? One of the actors said action and it started. Well, I dude, I would fucking uh, who the fuck do you think you are, dude? Pretty that much, part, yeah. That part cracked me up. I was like, what a fucking dick, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a well, dude. We learned so much about uh, about Lucas Lee in this very short 
amount of time. Like it does, they they do so well with the little amount of time that he's given. He's such a great character. This movie, also- all the exes, most of the exes are amazing characters. I would say. Yeah, I no, no, not I'll disagree all of them, with you But like, I'd say at least half of them. Like Lucas Lee is great. I love Matthew Patel. Um, I think the okay, you know what? Maybe just most of those. Oh no, no, and and um, I forget his name. The bass player, the vegan police guy. Those three are super iconic to me. Others are a bit forgettable. Hmm. Uh, I think the girl's kind of funny, but yeah. I also don't want to go past the part. There's a there's twos like all over his shit. Like there's a number two on his trailer because he's the second <gasps> evil ex uh, boyfriend. Nice. You're right. There's uh, one on the nice. car as well. I'm seeing right now. They all actually are like so, numbered at some point in some ways. And Bright did that again in the world's end. You can find out what pub you're in at some point because a, a oh, random number cool. will pop up somewhere. And I'm like, that's so fucking Edgar Wright, dude. That's cool. Ramona starts panicking, uh, telling Scott that she used to date him. Hey, I'm talking to you, Scott Pilgrim. The only thing keeping me and her apart is the two minutes it's going to take to kick your ass. <laughs> I love how at uh, first he doesn't realize Scott just wants his autograph. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scott just wants his autograph and he gets fucking punched and he just immediately recovers. Yeah. It's like, imagine, like, hey. <laughs> imagine went up to Dwayne Johnson, can I have your autograph? And he's like, fuck you, you're dating my ex-girlfriend and then just decks you the fuck out. Like, <laughs> You'd have no head. Oh, dude. Your head would be knocked the fuck it's back. It's so fucking funny because the way Scott, he's like, hey, can I have your, hey, can I have your autograph? <laughs> and he just comes like right back, dude. I was like, I it's also, like immediate, immediate revival. Yeah. I also love the line after like beating the shit out of him. Hey, how's your life? He seems nice. So like, it also establishes like throughout the film, you know, it's like some of these like evil exes don't seem like they even want to fight Scott. Like they kind of, maybe they don't have a choice. So I don't know. But like, he's so like, it's like none of these exes look like they're still in love with Ramona. And so you really do question their motivations, but it's, it's funny. Well, I'm, I'm just like, how the fuck does give Gideon like, uh, I, I want to see a little spinoff short film of Gideon trying to recruit Lee. <laughs> like Lee just seems like the biggest like dick and alpha male. Like, how does that happen? Well, apparently and, uh, some of the influence came from, so the creative Scott Pilgrim, when he was dating someone found out, I think the guy's name was Matt. And then he found out that she also had three other exes named Matt. And he had this imagination of like, Oh, what if they all teamed up to fight me or something? <laughs> um, and then <laughs> that's why the first ex is named Matthew as well, because like that's part of the influence of uh, the inspiration. Um, dude, this visual of Scott getting absolutely hammer thrown into the castle is awesome. Yeah. Oh I definitely God. remember seeing that in the trailer. I think it was a trailer. Um, yeah, it was fucking and wild. And when he lands, dude. like but- some to represent that he lost the fight, you hear the director in the background going, and that's a cut as if the scene's <laughs> over. <laughs> I love the stuntman. Dude, yes. the, as Lee's henchman is great. They they fucking throw down. Lee goes to get a, get a, get a coffee. He's like, Haha, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Scott beats Lee's stuntman. Uh, they do the Dragon Ball Z running at each other move and Scott gets absolutely nailed by a jump kick to the abdomen. Holy shit, man. Yes. Um, you really don't know about the league? Oh, hey, listen, man, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go get a beer. Yeah. By the way, he says great. he's going for the Oscar this year. He is not going for the Oscar. Like, he, this this type of actor does not go for an Oscar. I'm sorry. No. I don't know what you're thinking it's here. True. Uh, can you do a thingy on that rail? And uh, Lee's hubris just gets to him, doesn't it? It's pretty clever of Scott. You, you, there are girls watching is what gets him over the edge. You yeah, hear something funny. That. Well, yeah, uh, I, I was going to say Edgar Wright said um, that he's a big fan of, like, the Hives. Have you guys ever listened to the Hives before? All right, never mind. Can't say uh, we have. It's a band, by the way, with music yeah. and guitars and a vocalist. Um, no, I'm just kidding. What? You know, fucking music. Uh, 
Um, What's a band? <laughs> but so it's a band, and I guess Edgar Wright saw them backstage somewhere, and he said to the lead singer, he's like, "Hey, hey, I'm Edgar Wright. It's nice to meet you. I'm a big fan." And the guy literally said, "Yeah, why wouldn't you be?" I was like, "Wow, oh. what a dick! <laughs> what a dick!" That's like one of my favorite lines, dude. Wallace just hands in hands in, hands in the board. Hi, big fan. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, the hilarious <laughs> part is him saying that, and I'm in a conversation where two thirds of the people have never even fucking heard of your band. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't know. Uh, yeah, whatever. Funny. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Shut uh, up. <laughs> Lee blows up. He just fucking absolutely gets decimated. I just want to uh, see the camera cut down to him. Down there. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> he's on fire, like dying like the violently. End of the Mad Max or something. Just zoom into the eyes. <laughs> yeah. I love, um, uh, I love, I love how like, it just reminds me of Tony Hawk's pro skater as he's grinding down. Yeah. But, like the, like, directly hits like 300 kilometers per hour. Like, that's so fucking funny. And he explodes into like a also, ball of coins. What happens to the coins? Well, I assume the scene that we don't see where Scott runs down there and picks up as many coins as he can. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> just, the logic in this movie, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, you do love check it. that shit out the door. Yeah, I know, man. I know. I, I just, I just, I don't think I just, I don't, I don't know. It's just this time I was like, ugh, whatever. Uh, the next morning, Wallace uh, tells Scott that if he, if he wants something bad, he has to fight for it, which is, I guess, the point of the movie, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also shows in Ramona's seven X's that she put uh, beneath her number and Scott gets a call from Envy. Oh, hey, before that, before that, I just want to put a shining light on um, the the line, like, you got to use the L word, lesbians. It's love, Scott. <laughs> and um, the amount of people I've seen, like, on the Instagram bios, someone's like, I'm in lesbians with, and they're like, they're right, their partner's name. Like, there's a, f- for a 10-year-old movie, there's a few of them. Like, that is an iconic line. And it's so funny. I don't know. I never really liked that line. Even when I was younger, I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, th- like, I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, because I, I don't know. It I shows how like, ignorant okay. he is to the concept of love. When you say the L word, he thinks no, lesbian. It does. Yeah, it yeah, does. He gets the yeah. phone call. Phone call from Envy. So basically, what what is this phone call about? Like, it's nothing, right? It's just kind of like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, seeing Ramona. And oh, okay. So Ramona. Well, you got to remember like her it. name is Envy. Like, her motivation is literally the character's name. And I think this is meant to set up the character. And I think it's also like... Um, he's, she, he's being told that she's coming to town um, and now he's going to like prepare himself. What is she one of the seven that. deadly sins? No, no, but like she's yeah. envious of Ramona. Um, she isn't like, so, I know, so like, the, the film presents itself. Like what I like about it is in a way, it is a great um, take on love in a way, but like on one hand, Scott, like Ramona comes with her own baggage and like they talk about this a bit more later, but like Ramona comes with her own baggage and Scott's got to like sort of take on that baggage if he's ever going to be with her and be happy. But um, that's the main focus of the film. But we don't see is like Ramona has her own set of obstacles and she wants to be with Scott. One of them is to fight her envious ex-girlfriend um, among with her own demons and stuff. I didn't mean to like turn this into like a whole big philosophy thing, but Scott Pilgrim vs. the world has depth and it needs to be recognized. Okay? Sure. Uh, it's like it- <laughs> It, it seems a bit soap opera-ish for me. Like, it's like- I'm sorry that we you have this, like drama have... and basic elements that create cinema. No, I like, dra- <laughs> I like drama, but it's just like, here's this soap opera sort of like, kind of like structure of a story, but we're going to we're gonna wrap a lot of like visual flair around it to try and disguise it. I think that's the point of the film. Like, this is a, it's a love story. It's a rom-com. In a way, you could say, like, you know, the, Edgar Wright loves this shit, dude. Like, Shaun of the Dead is basically a love story wrapped around a zombie apocalypse. 
apocalypse um, parody. Right. You know, Dude, it's more I, than I just was... the making fun of zombie zombie comedies, uh, zombie parodies. It's also a love story. And if you took out the horror element, you took out the parody element, it's still a decent love story. And I feel like that's the same with Scott Pilgrim. If you take out all the comic book reference and everything, it's still a good rom-com, right? No, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because it's like, there's actually, when you look at, uh, when you look at Scott, like Scott wouldn't fit in in an, an apartment with like uh, Sean and Ed from from, <laughs> uh, from Shaun of the Dead, you know, but at the same time, is he just kind of like the American equivalent of that? Like in a way, yeah, like they have a lot of stuff in common, like video games, the refusal to grow up, um, their relationships are all in the toilet, like they live in shitty houses, they have other people in their lives who are older than them, who are their friends, who are telling them to, they need to grow up, they need to grow up, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so I think that like this, it makes sense for Edgar Wright to do this because you've already got a movie that tackles that and like Shaun of the Dead does it so well where it's like you need to grow up, you need to have responsibility. Hot Fuzz handles it in a way of like, well, you you need to like also not be this uptight. And then I think The World's End does it well because it's kind of like a balance of like both of those in a way. And I like this because it's basically, yeah, it's a love story and but more so like it's more of a like turnaround for Scott because I feel like a lot of people have been in this situation. I, I know I've been in this situation. You're 22, you're self-absorbed, you're in a band, you know, you're working a shitty job because you think you're going to be a rock star and, and you know, you're not going to have to worry about this anymore and blah, blah, blah. Um, and and it's just kind of like a pivotal, pivotal point for him to kind of grow up because not to skip too far ahead, but, you know, oh, Scott gets the power of love, you know, and he gets that sword. OK, cool. But that's that's not enough. It's like, you know, now Scott has the power of self-respect. And it's like that's a lot. That means so much more than that. And that's where it's like, dude, yeah, it stops being like a romantic thing and more like you need to fucking like grow up, dude. What? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think I think just towards the end for me, it gets a little a little too soap operish like hey I cheated on you and you cheated on this on on, on you and I'm just like like, like I'm good I, I don't know uh, maybe that's just that's honestly my personal taste like it's just a mm. it's it's just my fucking personal taste coming into it but yeah whatever um okay so uh, knives pays a visit to uh Scott and he just jumps out the window in the background <laughs> like I fucking love that dude uh, he's just sorry little, he's not here yeah just a little visual thing and then like you just see him walking to the left so funny. <laughs> it's so awesome. funny. So good, dude. Uh, as Scott's walking along, he gets attacked by a mysterious cloud woman. Prepare to die, obviously. <laughs> I love that, man. Um, they have a little little bit of a, I guess, a little tussle um, and she disappears. How does he not pick up that she's an ex? Like, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, at the time, like she's- even when I first saw it, I thought it was weird that he couldn't figure out that Ramona was either bi-curious or bi-furious or whatever. Um, <laughs> like, she appears to him in a cloud of smoke. Like, she's literally a ninja. She's an emo ninja, which is so hot in my Scott books, gets, by the way. <laughs> Scott, Scott gets on the phone to Stacey, uh, asks if she's working, and he goes in. <laughs> Great fucking visual again. Uh, and it's Julie that's working, and I love that her expletives, expletives are beeped out, and they're aware of it. Like, they know about yeah. it. Right. <laughs> What's happening with your mouth? Um, Scott bumps into Ramona, who apologizes, saying that she totally understands if he doesn't want to hang out anymore. And Envy shows up. Fucking Brie Larson. Hey, Brie Larson before she was Brie Larson. Oh, awesome. God. Yeah. Uh, is that my dream girl? It might be in this scene. Damn. <laughs> Dude, she shows up, tells Scott that she's uh, jealous of Ramona and invites both of them to watch the show at uh, Lee's Place. I also love how Palace. Lee's Palace. when you first see her, she's in the stance that we're, we, they've set her up previously as like in posters staying like that. And you see her. So when you first see her, you think she's like a, like a cardboard cutout and then she starts talking. It's like, oh, I know. It's her. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. It's good. I I always thought the first thing I always thought the first thing I saw her in was Twenty One Jump Street, but it was actually this, which is surprising. 
surprising. Though. Dude, United States of Terror was the first thing I saw her in, and it's uh, I still I, I think I mentioned that on the show a few times, but you did. It is yeah. it's a really good show. It's Tony Collette, and it's got um the kid who's trying to the kid that uh in it follows that she like uh, she ends up passing off the the curse to like her friend who's always trying to have sex with her the whole time, um, right, which right, is really yeah. weird because I swear like this like Brie Larson, Hillary Duff, and that blonde headed girl from it follows. I'm like white people, dude. It just fucking all. <laughs> I mean, just kind of. look like. I hate to say it. I'm like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not a bad thing to look like. Those are three knockout like women. They're absolutely gorgeous. Um, but God, Brie, Brie Larson. Like, I think there is something about Brie Larson when I watch her sometimes. And I'm like, I don't think that you're a bitch, but I think you could play a bitch really well. Yeah, and I like, get you. I, and honestly, after I saw this, I was like, yeah, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> but not even that. Like, she can play a sweetheart really well too. Like, oh, in yeah. 21 Jump Street, she's very innocent. Like, she she pulls off this really great performance. It's, it's fantastic. That girl's mm-hmm. got range, y'all. <laughs> yeah, people can shut the fuck up about her not being good in Captain Marvel. I'm going to call her, man. She's going to be gonna great. She's going to be incredible. Um, um, hey, so, so what I like, um, it's just a little, like, tidbit of information. Oh, first of all, um, her band, uh, Clash of Demon Head, also a very obscure old video game. Um, and moving on, with a, with a, they start the next thing with the phrase, um, the infinite sadness. That's a reference to one of the titles of the Scott Pilgrim books, um, actually the third one. The titles of the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels are Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Life, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, Scott Pilgrim and Infinite Sadness, Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together, Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe, and Scott Pilgrim's Finest Hour. And each one he fights a new ex, except for one where he fights twins. Um, hmm. yeah, huh. that's, cool. no, those are cool titles. I like those. Yeah, like they all they sound are. like they could be fucking amazing movies, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with one. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So we are going to take a break right here, uh, and we will be back with more Scott Pilgrim versus the World. who made it this far into the episode. Just while we're taking a quick break here, we've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers, or if you're not part of our growing community, maybe this could benefit you too. Firstly, we just want to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way Midnight Double Feature currently is structured. As you know, right now you're listening to one of our feature presentations. When we started the podcast, we basically built the show around our feature presentations. These are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially. These episodes are generally longer and we're definitely looking at ways to spice up our feature presentations by hopefully getting guests on. We also have our upcoming attractions episode. Typically, these come out during the week and are much more shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vella and basically consists of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are out of the cinema and other hijinks. Finally, we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the hosts, or just a straight-up different thing that might not even relate to film. Before I let you get back to the episode, I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters. We definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys' constant support. If, for some reason, you're not a part of our growing community, head to our socials. 
We've got two pages on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature, which is our main page and has our formal announcements. And we also have the After Party, which is where we post memes, news and teasers of what's to come on Midnight Double Feature. We're also on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature and Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. You can also send us an email if we have any grievances or would like to let us know what we're doing wrong. That's uh, Midnight Double Feature at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, guys. Back to the show. All right, and we are back, back for our second part, our, our continuation of the coverage of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Matt Zoheb, how are we doing? I'm good, dude. How dare you? You didn't say it. Fucking freshly squeezed. Come on, man. Oh, What's yeah. Sorry, happening? sorry. Freshly, freshly Jesus squeezed. Jesus Christ. Um, trying to build us something here, man. Jeez. <laughs> gotta, gotta, sell the, gotta sell the brand. Gotta sell the brand. Yeah, man. Um, Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we're back with Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Uh, we've got Scott Ramona leaving this coffee shop walking home. Um, I think it's, I, I like this conversation a lot because it's uh, Scott talking to Ramona about envy, whereas before we had this conversation where he was asking her about, oh, who's getting it? Is he one of your old boyfriend she's like can we not get into that right now and then here we're talking about envy and scott is like hey can we not talk about this right now like it's a cool flip on the script whereas this is kind of like a throwback and that's edgar wright dude that humor he does like a lot of callback humor a lot in his stuff um also they're talking about todd who they don't really realize uh i guess they're kind of like indirectly connected yeah yeah exactly yeah imagine if you're if you and your missus both of your exes were dating each other that's yeah. a weird double date yeah hey so uh we've all seen each other's Naughty bits. How's that like? Like what? Yeah, I, I, I love I love knives later when she's like, I have kissed the lips that have kissed yours. <laughs> um, um, speaking of callbacks, I love like the next shot calling back to like the waking up bed scene. It's like you, you didn't kiss her. Are you gay? And there's like it's not just the three uh, from before. It's also um, uh, Anna Kendrick's Jimmy. boyfriend from earlier. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy. That's such a funny shot, bro. It's I good, love man. that so much. Yeah, I like this. Um, and basically, Scott's where. Scott swears off Envy forever, um, which is just hilarious because the next shot is them being offered the the sex uh, sex bombs being uh, offered to ask to open for Clash of the uh, Clash of the Demon Head. Uh, I I love Stephen. He's like for the band, for the band, for the band. <laughs> like the way he keeps saying it, like cutting <laughs> Scott off. Um, I got a question. So he's wearing a shirt that says SARS. Is that a reference to the SARS outbreak disease, disease? From, from a while back? <laughs> like was that before or after this? movie like is that I, what dude, it is I, I say it's gotta be i mean what else like i guess <laughs> i guess they thought aids was too tasteless but <laughs> it's just like that like, is like, so that's weird the equivalent now that's the equivalent of like i don't know there's a movie and someone's a shirt that says ebola you know yeah, like mad, <laughs> mad cow or something like that um, <laughs> well the, the, outbreak, out, the outbreak was in like t- 2004 or no 2003 so yeah it could fucking, be yeah little little dated scott pilgrim yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i guess it just took a while to hit canada oh. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, also that's going on. So we got the sex bombs opening up for uh, Demon Head, but then also we've got Knives, who's kind of like gone off the deep end. You know, he's he's with this fat ass twenty five year old chick. I'm like, if that chick is fat ass, I'll take that any. I'd call call me a chubby chaser yeah. if she's a fat ass dude because I don't care. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, she's like dying her hair and shit, and just like it's so it's like looking at Knives' hair like dye job versus like Ramona's. It's like it's like homemade. Co- 
cosplay versus like professional, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I, I love her acting, her overacting in this like montage scene. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know what? This is like a, probably a, and like, I, this is probably a weird compliment to give this movie, but like all these characters are really three dimensional. Like um, so many other films would not give a character like Knives a scene like this where she tries to like fight back or something, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And they still do it while being funny. Like it doesn't, they don't have to pause the film for that or anything. Like, well, that's, that's what I was saying. I, I felt like it was a little unexpected and I liked where it went. Like I thought that she was just going to be like this, uh, I, I guess like secondary villain. Um, yeah. But, but it didn't really go that way, which is good. Dude, that's something Marvel would definitely do. Marvel would definitely just throw it. Oh, yeah. New bad guy now. And say, like, oh, okay. I guess like, oh yeah. I love that. It didn't go down that path. Also just lol at the phone. Like they've all got flip phones in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it kind of goes down the route because then she's also establishing this thing with like young Neil to try and like get back like it might not be so upfront but she's kind of like slowly planting the seeds of like trying to stay around yeah. uh, Scott the whole time and I love it <laughs> they come in like whoa like uh, isn't that that girl that Scott dated for like half a day or whatever they say and yeah. um, like as they're walking it's walk- so realistic too like that's what people do especially like younger girls like that's the strategies they have to win the, their, their, their love you know oh yeah it's that immature bullshit it's so realistic like- well especially like when they're walking out of the bathroom she's wearing like identical clothes to Ramona she flips her hair the same way um, I love yeah. and Ramona joins back up with the with the band and she's like uh, how old is that girl and it just it shows the, the spin wheel in Scott's head and he's like I, I gotta pee on her dude I don't I don't, I don't want to go past Ramona's like delivery dude what the hell yeah. and she sees like, that is a fucking good she one she sees knives oh she's great um, yeah man I, I love I just love like seeing them together I love that shot of them in the bathroom and like she's like a little mini Ramona but she's got a fucking school backpack on right yeah um but uh but yeah basically uh the, the sex bombs open for demon head at least palace uh knives we got knives kind of like confronting R- Ramona over Scott um and I I love like they're just like yeah we are sex bombs we have a merch table and everyone's just like <coughs> like there's like you can hear people coughing like barely <laughs> clapping um but then yeah. we've got the clash at demon head taking the stage don't we guys yeah, yeah and they're man. actually pretty good they're pretty good I gotta well, say. Dude, let me tell you this band is called metric they're fucking awesome they are so good okay. and like i had heard these people just randomly like a canadian rock band that popped up randomly some someday on my spotify and i just kind of fell down this rabbit hole with them they're really good but i'm pretty sure this is actually brie larson singing i don't think this does not sound like the chick from metric she's got a great voice yeah um brie brie larson saying oh yeah like that makes me oh feel things God. oh dude yeah. <clears throat> she's so good look with the messy hair may i oh. may i hit you guys with another track no <laughs> no okay. absolutely not not allowed <laughs> of all yeah. it's the best track of the film i would say i love it it's called black sheep by metric here we go I fucking love that song, dude. It's great. 
Um, the band, Sounds a little different. Yeah. yeah, the band's called Metric. They've got really good songs. Like Gimme give give me Sympathies one. Um, they've got some just really, really great. So Guns, Golden Girls, um, really, really, really good band. But, uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm pretty sure this is actually Brie Larson singing over this. And she does, you know, that, <clears throat> that falsetto, that for you. I'm like, dude, that is so high what she's singing. Apparently, she did have some kind of failed album in the early 2000s from what I read. I didn't actually no check way. that out, but I was like, oh, no. That's cool. Well, Dude, it's not like she's same? doing anything right now. So yeah, yeah. What else could she possibly be doing? Um, highest paid actress for a debut Marvel film, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. More than Robert Downey, more than Chadwick Boseman, um, by like three million. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Dude, um, I love the editing this scene. Like the way how it like does the anime sort of cuts between like Scott and um like Ramona and like uh, the, the bass player and all this other stuff. Um, with the music, it's so fucking cool, man. Yeah, no, great it's, editing. It's great, especially when what they get invited back to this kind of like after party, and you know, uh, uh, knives is like, wait, so you guys know Fury? And they're like, yeah, she used to date Scott. And then Kim walks past, and her face just turns to that like blank anime, like <gasps> like kind of look. I'm like, that's fucking great and she's like i read your blog <laughs> like she's like obsessed with her i was gonna say this is my second favorite sequence in the entire movie it's oh, pretty dude, great. Yeah, great i just love with that with that face that's like what emojis were before emojis back when i don't know if we have any young listeners like back when we have our nokia 3315 if you want to show someone our emotion our face we would have to do that with like colons and letters and shit like that uh, i was still so in diapers funny. at that point <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i love this uh this whole exchange yeah we find out that todd is another one of the uh of the seven evil exes. Um, and I love the whole time she's like, Julie's trying to talk to, to um, uh, there are so many names here. Julie's trying to talk to um, to Envy and he's like, I'm talking to Ramona. And you can see her kind of getting to Ramona a little bit. She starts talking about Gideon. Um, and fucking- Dude, I, I relate to this so much. Like the way Aubrey Plaza's character, Julie in this scene, how she's always been like this bitch. She's too cool for everyone. But second someone cool in her comes around, massive bubbly sucker. Like oh, when I was yeah. A band back in the day with like people trying to climb the scene ladder with MySpace and shit. That's how so many motherfuckers were. Like people would be like too cool for other people, but the second someone cooler comes along, oh my god, can we be best friends? You were so cool. Like I so relate to this. Like I feel like writing this film, you can tell the writers had some sort of background or experience in this like underground music world because like these tropes or these elements are so prominent and realistic in this film. Like for a movie that's so full of filled with fantasy and bullshit that's totally unbelievable. It is an incredibly realistic take on, like, just this time age of society, you know? Well, yeah, and this, this hipster kind of thing, like the guy when we were talking about, the guy who knows everybody, you know, when, when Scott goes through at the beginning, he's like, yeah, their yeah. first album's not as good as their first album. The second time <laughs> the second time that he comes back, he's like, well, you know, the the movie's not as good as the comic book. And I was like, like he says something different yeah. the second time around. Like, there's just insufferable people. Like, I know exactly what you mean. They're just, they're just so twats. funny. Um, but dude, and, and Zohab, you mentioned, you mentioned, um, like fourth wall breaks before. I only literally just noticed this one now, just pausing it at the right time. I don't think I've ever noticed this before. It's so fucking just obvious, but it's so funny when they just look. Uh, it's, it's Julie, um, fuck vegan guy and, and, um, envy when they just look over and like the word that appears is just glare. Yeah. Like, that's not even <laughs> a sound. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> It's, it's so, so it, it's so spot on. But then you get like 
not only do you get assault of a woman, but you get assault of a minor. Yeah, he punches <laughs> the fucking shit. highlights out of her head. I'm like, God damn, dude. Yeah, young Neil makes that known, by the way. He punched yeah. the highlights out of her hair. <laughs> it's it's like, I can't remember what movie it's from, but there's this line where it's like, um, it's this like guy yelling at this dude. He's like, I'll smack the black off you, boy. I can't. No, yeah, I, feel like, um, I feel like, is that Samuel Jackson? Someone. Uh, I'll, I can't remember I'll, who I'll, says it. I'll knock the black out of you, boy. That's from uh, Enter the Dragon, I think. Is it? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't um, know. Colin, how, also, I was oh, going to say, Colin, how, how great would it have been here if, if young Neil was just like, <laughs> he knocked the, bla- the the highlights out of her hair. Oh, my God. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> troll, troll too. Too. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, he hit her. Uh, and now he's going to hit me. <laughs> One thing that I want to point out too is, you know, go ahead. uh, I just, the shout outs to the shade from Envy. Um, I think I'm a little bit behind you guys, but like, it's such a girl insult. She's like, I like your outfit. It's affordable. It's like, ooh, it's straight Um, out of Mean Girls. (laughs) I like, I like Todd's shirt. You know, the three, he's the third evil boyfriend. I like, I like Scott's. Scott's has that zero on it, which is kind of significant. Like he's not going to be one of them. Like he's not one of the, one of the Uh, evil exes. Also a Smashing Pumpkins reference from back in the day. Um, sure. And there's even a point in time where he's got a, shirt, a green shirt on that says SP, and you would think it's Scott Pilgrim, but it's actually a Smashing Pumpkin shirt. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Nice. Um, cool, cool. But yeah. Also, can we talk about the insult, uh, you cocky cock? <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. inventive. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, uh, and, I, and I like this because it shows that Scott's not a total piece of shit. Like, he's going to have to fight Todd, but the fact that he challenges Todd over the fact that he, he had knives is actually somewhat commendable. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is going to happen regardless, but we didn't really need this, but it kind of shows a little bit, you, you know, actions speak louder than words. And we see Scott right. get visibly upset by this. I'm like, cool. I like that. It shows he's actually a little human, but fucking Todd with his uh, super vegan powers, which is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Dude, apparently going One vegan. One of my turn, visuals. Uh, yeah, apparently going vegan turns you like super Saiyan level three. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, dude, but, dude, this is, this is totally one of my favorite visuals man like like the 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 slow motion like the stopping of the hand and then like it's kind of like the silhouette shot of like uh of, of yeah. todd standing up and like the color just drains out but um yeah dude look you're totally right with the vegan powers because this movie this part of the movie is aged really well yeah. <laughs> this would be doing so well right now right right yeah well, one thing that's that's actually interesting is um you know the fact that scott actually never defeats any of the evil exes uh, like on his own like he like except for I think maybe one of them like like I think I think this is the only one he actually no the vegan police show up he fights Gideon at the end with knives and Ramona and then with twins he's he's in the band and then Roxy fights so, fight, fights Ramona with him you know the only one he really Patel. beats is Patel so, and it's like wow that's yeah. fucking yeah. weird um, well you know what like that might be like a reference to something like you know well first of all the theme of like you need your friends to to, to work together but like I remember like something that always annoyed me with of all things Sailor Moon that Sailor Moon never in, she went for like a thousand episodes. She never wins a fight by herself. She would start a fight. Yeah, I didn't watch that for fighting. Butt, she would get a butt kick. She would run around and scream away from the enemy the whole time. And then her boyfriend, um, Tuxedo Mask, would show up, do all the fighting. And then she would come in for the very last hit um, and then take all the credit. And as a dude, as a, like, as a little boy watching this girl anime show, I'd be like, what the fuck? How come the boy never gets any credit? <laughs> but yeah, 
Yeah, like she would never fight her own battles. And I feel like Scott's kind of like that in this way <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah, no, totally. Um, but yeah, they, they they fight it out a little bit. Uh, Ramona reveals their backstory that basically they were, they, they tore, kind of the same thing with Patel. They just tore up this town. They hated everything together. And uh, she, she I, and I like, she's kind of admitted here. She's like, you know, I was, I was kind of a bitch. Like, you know, I was fucked up by the second I saw Todd. Um, Lucas was just like out the window. And, um, and yeah, we get a little bit of backstory. They fight. He slings fucking Michael Sarah's ass to the moon. He comes back down. He's like, he's like, if I, if I, if I piss my, if I piss my pants, would you believe me if I said it was <laughs> from the rain? She's like, it's not raining. He's like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, also that, that, that thing where she's talked about like how like she's dabbled in being a bitch and like now like she's like trying to leave it behind her. And like later on, there's like a bunch of lines that she says like about how she just likes Scott because she wants to be with a nice guy. I've been given that speech by so many girlfriends in the past. <laughs> Oh and, boy! And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, what's that? You used to have an ice addiction. Marry me? Oh god! But you want to be changed? I can fix you. Like I've Colin, been there can, too many times. Can you times, get the number man. for Doctor Phil, please? I need that. <laughs> oh. I think maybe that's why I like this movie. I feel like I'm a bit like Scott sometimes, except I can't like fly and do superhuman powers. Yeah, he's like, I don't fuck high schoolers. Um, but, uh, oh, Scott, also, we're gonna go to Pizza Pizza for a slice. Call us when you're done. <laughs> slight, slight criticism. Um, I never liked this um, cleaning lady on Monday joke. Oh, yeah. It's, I it's dumb. It I didn't really. I was like, it just kind of makes him look like a dumb, big, dumb blonde. You know, that's just kind of, all, I think, the whole point of it. Yeah. But I just was like, all right, whatever. I don't, it's not really that funny. I do love his expression. He's like, wait, so today's Friday. She come on Monday? Like, I, I like his face is yeah. good. Like, people give Brandon Roos some shit, you know, but he's not a bad actor, man. He's really not. But I like him. Yeah. I think he's charismatic. Um, But yeah, they get into a bit of a fight here. Uh, it leads to a fucking epic base battle, which is cool even though it only lasts for like 30 seconds uh, still fucking really cool uh, I do I actually I've got like a Fender Jazz bass uh, that I've played on for a while uh, I love playing bass it's 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 a lot of fun so to see this in a movie not a guitar off not a drum off but a bass off I was like yeah that's fucking cool man I dig that yeah that's rare uh, yeah and exactly uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to note that like how much shittier Scott is compared to him like oh, he's yeah. doing just basic notes while he's doing like little riffs he's doing like arpeggios sure- he's like brr, 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 like fucking just riffing yeah and i'm not sure i I'm, I'm i've got it here on mute right now so i could be wrong but i feel like he starts off playing the final fantasy 2 like battle baseline no thing, yeah but he does he be. does he for it's sure the same does thing, right yeah um, yeah which is a great like callback and yeah yeah. I, yeah like we were talking about that's right man that's a great fucking pulling these callback jokes but um he beats him in the base uh the the, the base beat off and um <laughs> he uh, uh he offers him a cup of uh a cup of half and or a cup of coffee with half and half in it um i love this this reminds me such a cop out it it reminds (laughs) me of princess bride it kind of reminds me of the whole like well i could not eat the drink the cup that had the poison and you would put that one farther away from me and (laughs) that whole scene reminded me of that but basically he drinks the coffee with the half and half the vegan police show up fucking thomas thomas jane and clifton collins jr uh yeah hell yeah clifton collins jr uh, i only know from uh boondock saints too um that's the only thing i've ever seen him in i brought him up in the star trek podcast because um, remember when I was like, uh, do you remember the guy who's like, uh, do you know the location of Ambassador Spock? Like he's yeah. number two, like the villain's number two. That's him. And uh, he's in Westworld. He's in a whole bunch of shit, dude. Like he is in, he's an awesome, awesome actor. So when he showed up in this with fucking Thomas Jane, the, the Punisher. Punisher. Yeah, holy shit. Oh, that's that's just like, are you fucking serious? But not only that, like how how hilarious are the vegan police? Oh, dude, they're <laughs> dude, great. They're finger they guns. Look like, <laughs> yeah. They look like they're dressed as 
has um, the Globo Gym members from Dodgeball. <laughs> and um, this is it's clearly the most quotable, I think, probably one of the most quotable scenes, almost iconic scenes in the film. But just a few, here's a few quotes I love from this scene. Um, knowingly ingested gelato. And then it's like, it's milk and eggs, bitch. And my favorite <laughs> yeah. one, my favorite one though is uh, chicken isn't vegan. Like, yeah. And that's so good. You had chicken parmesan. Brie Larson. Oh. <gasps> and also de-veganizing Ray. They've got a de-veganizing Ray coming out of their fingers. That's dude, crazy. Dude, uh, like as, as, as awesome and quotable as their like sequence is, my favorite part is a slow motion of them walking, like running away, high-fiving. Yeah! <laughs> that I love, so I love Scott Fine. He's like, you were, a, you were a vegan, but now you be gone. He's like, vegan? And he what? kicks his so fucking head. Cheesy. He fucking decapitates him. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, and I like this. I like this scene. Uh, or no, he, he headbutts him. That's what he does. Uh, this scene between uh, Scott and Envy, where she's like, you know, you headbutted my, you headbutted my boyfriend in a bunch of million little pieces. He's like, well, you broke my heart. So I guess we're even. <laughs> and he calls her Natalie. And that's her actual name. And yeah. you can see it kind of like wake something, uh, wake something, wake something up in her. She's like, you know, so, nobody calls me Natalie anymore. That's what I'm talking anymore. about. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like, she kind of has an arc that closes there, you know? Like, even that character, who's a minor, not important, or well, not super important for the story, but like, even she gets a little bit of an arc there, you know? Like, these are great three dimensional character writing throughout the whole film. Like, almost everyone can be like, be like this. Yeah, no, I, I dig it. I definitely do. Um, so good. Well, I was going to oh, say, and, yeah, and the, uh, Plaza. For the record, I am so pissed off for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> God, dude, of course. Um, but yeah, basically, the sex, uh, the sex bob bombs are uh, sitting at a cafe. They're going to go to the after party and try to meet up with some label people. Uh, we get a little bit of tension here between Ramona and Scott. You know, we don't have to go if you want to. No, I'm fine. He's got the Coke Zero up against his head. I'm like, either we're just still <laughs> establishing the fact that he likes Coke Zero or this is like product placement. I'm going to go with probably product placement. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, if yeah. it is, it's well, a it's good in the dialogue letter. Do what? Sorry, like, both of um, you guys were talking at the same time. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no, well, no. If it is product placement, it's a good use of it, I would say. Well, uh, yeah. No, not really. I wouldn't say so. I mean, especially when it's using the dialogue letter by, um, by fucking Gideon, I'm just like, oh, seriously with the Coke Zero. I, I don't mind it because I fucking love Coke Zero, dude. That's actually what I was drinking <laughs> when we went on break. I was like, oh, Coke Zero. Um, wow. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like this. We get this little bit of tension uh, between them. You know, this is because everything's been perfect. Everything's been like daydreamy. Like, that's why I'm down for the more romantic aspects of this movie because I can relate to that. I can, I can, and I can relate to being a 22 year old in a band and you're fucking still absorbed and all that other shit. Um, but I, I like to, um, I like the fact that Scott, the, the shine is starting to wear off. Scott's like, oh, are there any more people? You know, can you give me a list? And she's like, oh yeah, sure. Here, I think I have it laminated in my pocket, you know, and they actually kind of start getting on each other's nerves. <laughs> it's like the couple that's so in love and then they move in together and like two months into right. it, realize they fucking hate each other. <laughs> like the honeymoon phase is worn off. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you know, Scott's just being kind of a dick. Uh, the whole, the whole ex-boyfriend thing is starting to mess with my head. Um, um, and that's when fucking Roxy shows up and God fucking boots him into that bar, dude. Like, holy shit. He, like, hit, like, yeah, of course we have to suspend belief because Scott would be in like a 
nine-year coma right now from bouncing off the fucking <laughs> bar into the floor. Um, but yeah, basically, you know, Roxy Roxy shows up. Um, she attacks Scott, who is uh, saved by Ramona and her giant fucking hammer. Um, I mean, not, yeah. not quite saved, but, you know, distracted distracted long enough. Fucking um, mule man. Uh, yeah, a few, right. A few notes, a few notes lay to that. Love the um, no clue gets it. But I've always also hated the joke. I was just by curious. Well, I'm a little by furious. It's like, oh, it's so goddamn cheesy, man. Right. Um, but I love the hammer. It's, it runs like Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat, the way it just, it's so gigantic that she can just pull it out of her fucking tiny little purse. I'm going to uh, be honest. This, this, I don't I don't love the the way, I, like this, I don't have any personal problems with this scene, but I just don't love it. I mean, it's an okay, it's okay same. choreography, but like, I think Edgar Wright's best when he's staying away from some CGI. And I think this is, this is some of the more like heavy CGI parts of this because we have this like fluid motion of like this belt whip thing that she's got going on. And I just, yeah. I just don't yep. really yeah. dig it. And then like, I can suspend belief. I get it. You know, we see, you know, people pulling swords out of their chests and shit. And like, I can suspend, I can suspend belief, but this part, I just never really, I was like, maybe this is where it starts to get a little repetitive of fighting people every single time. And I think that as these fighting scenes go on, they need to get like a little bit shorter and shorter. Like the Brandon, like we literally just came from one of these fights. Like we, yeah. like we just came from one and we're established. Yeah, I definitely felt that issue. Right. We're, 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 we're establishing some tension because of it. And I get that. And that's actually, maybe it works in favor because right after the scene is where the tension kind of hits a breaking point. No, like that's where things kind of start hitting shitsville and Scott, you know, Scott's right. trying to, Scott's kind of acting like a dick. Um, this, this, this actress just quickly, the one that plays Roxy, uh, her name is May Whitman. May Whitman. Um, do you guys watch Workaholics? No, I've uh, seen some episodes. But there's an actress in that. She's also in 22 Jump Street. Her name is Jillian Bell. Um, this, this woman just fucking, I couldn't, she keeps reminding me of her. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's Jillian from Workaholics, but it's not. Like, you know what I mean? It's well, just one of those apparently things. Apparently she's in Arrested Development. She plays Michael Sarah's girlfriend at some point or something I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. She, she plays, um, literally like she's in it for ages. She plays Anne, Anne Veal, and she's just so plain and boring that like Michael Sarah just wants to like get away from her. <laughs> well, a few, a few things like, first of all, as a former emo kid, the fact that it's a studded belt being used as a weapon, <laughs> I fucking love that. I had that. one of those, dude. But yeah. Oh, you know, I had one, you know, second Green Days American Idiot came out. I had one. Fuck, like we are so um, worlds apart right now. We, we are, but you know, but here's the, okay, <laughs> let, let me bring back the movie shit. Um, this scene is a little problematic for me and uh, you know, it was a product of its time, but I hate this trope where in action movies, they want to have like a strong female character, but they only ever let her fight other girls. Um, mm. like you see like, uh, like a big one. I remember that really pissed me off was Furious 7 where they wanted to give Michelle Rodriguez a fight. They had Ronda Rousey, but like Ronda Rousey only had female guards with her for some reason. And like that's like full find a way to write around the story to get these two to fight. And it, they even did that in like the Fast Furious 6. And like, it's a million other films do this. Like, oh, this like female badass character, but she'll only fight other chicks. I'll and tell you like, why. I'll yeah, tell you why. The violence against women thing. Yeah. Because I mean, how do you shoot a man like hitting a, a woman in a fight? But like, it's see, here's tough. the problem with that. Like if they want to like, shh. 
make this girl a badass and also show like equality and stuff, you can't just you can't just try and play both sides of the field. I feel you know. You've no, gotta- I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I do, and I do agree with you. It's just I think from a filmmaking perspective, like if you have a like later with Gideon, right? Like if you have Gideon fighting uh, uh, Ramona, like and you do get it, like you do get a sequence of Gideon hitting Ramona, right? From what sure, I believe, yeah, yeah, but um, but like I don't know, it feels weird that Ramona's fighting her. Like I don't understand why they're so mad at it. Like because of the by curious comment, I don't know. Um, because she like, didn't eat her pussy well, obviously. I guess so. But the whole um, gag of like um her making Scott fight her like like a puppet, like I've seen that joke done, and I think at least two Jackie Chan films, like it's been done before. And so this to me is the weakest fight of the. Oh, you know what? The Katanagi twins is barely a fight, so maybe it's the second weakest fight. But yeah, I, I, this is where the cracks start to show for me a little bit in this fight scene. Oh, so it's a shit movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, Scott pokes Roxy in the back of the knee, and she orgasms to death all over the ground and turns into a big what? liquidy puddle. Um, right. well, which is weird. Is French. Like, what? Well, here's a fact I learned from the movie Bride of Chucky. Um, in French, orgasm means little death. So uh, there you go. That I should have died a thousand times by now. Same. Yeah, man, I, I died right before this podcast, you know. <laughs> I, I Hell, died. I'm I dying died right like, now. Dude, I died like eight times a day at like 14 years old. <laughs> oh god! Oh, I, I love this. Um, well, basically, you know, after they defeat her and she disappears, they go back to the bar, and he's like, "Can I get two gin and tonics?" Which is a throwback <laughs> earlier. The guy's like, "I specifically remember you being drunk off of two gin and tonics," and he gets two gin and tonics and pounds them back. Nice. Um, I didn't catch that. Yeah. Well, what I love is, you know, she's like, "I thought you don't drink." Well, it's a special occasion. He's like, "Is there anybody here at this party that you haven't slept with?" I'm like, ooh, now you're really being a dick, dude. Like, that's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Um, because it's the only well, well, you know what? Like, he's he was provoked to get there, but it's like, dude, that's like a line you don't use. Right. Like, Especially because well, she point, just saved your at ass. At this point, dude. I didn't right, exactly. And at this point, I really didn't like <laughs> um, fucking Scott as a character anyway. So for me, it was just like, oh, all right, fuck you then. Like, but you know at what the I mean? same time, like I totally get you, but at the same time, it's like this is why I like the film's romantic elements, because it's so believable. No one's perfect. People People are flawed. They make these mistakes. And like, this feels like a real fight, even though it came from like this insane fantasy place. The dialogue is just so fucking well written here, you know? No, I think so too. I, I like the dialogue and they aren't perfect characters and it, and it makes sense to me. And he's starting to get frustrated. You know, he's 22 years old. He's going to say some stupid shit like he doesn't mean. But what I, what mm. I really like is, um, is, you know, like as they're, as the, as this whole conversation's like starting to fall apart, um, she literally just says, you're just another evil ex waiting to happen. I'm like, Ooh, like that fucking I burns. Love that and it, you yeah. can tell yeah. it resonates with them and hits them really hard. That That's the equivalent of like going to your girlfriend, like, you're just like your mother. Oh, <laughs> terrible don't, idea. Don't, oh, uh, um, I love Ramona that, comes back and gives him the list and it's actually fucking laminated. Like, like, she, <laughs> like she, she was like, oh, you only laminated for you, blah, blah. Um, and literally, you know, the, she sees that the, all right, I'm going to butcher this too, the, but is it Katanage twins, I think? Is the, I think so, yeah. yeah. And, and the sheet says, um, for both of them, Japanese, perfect, handsome. And then if you go through it, it's so funny. It's like has bleached and then it's like same face and then brackets tricky. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, what I love is apparently these guys um, barely spoke any English. Like Edgar Wright said, it was just a real pain in the ass, like having to like do like crude movements and gestures, like trying to get them to 
like figure out like their movements and stuff. The hilarious part is that he said they're apparently semi-famous like presenters on some television show in Japan. And really? they had actually met them years prior when they were doing promos for Hot Fuzz. And I was like, oh, OK, cool. So I guess maybe he <laughs> met them and thought that they would be good in the movie, but didn't realize they, they didn't speak a lick of English. Um, That's funny. But yeah, Scott and the band, uh, they suit up <clears throat> uh, to, to play the next battle of bands, which coincidentally ends up being uh, the same twins who were Ramona's Evil X's number six and seven. Um, Scott taps into his anger and makes it a point to destroy them. At the show, however, uh, sex, uh, sex bombs are surprised to see that both bands will be playing at the same time in the Amp versus Amp battle. As the show begins, Scott is directed by, distracted by Gideon, who watches him from the crowd, and after a, ble- after a brief flare from the twins, Scott, Scott takes charge and pumps the band into a frenzy. Um, I love this whole thing. I love, uh, you know, he's basically like Stephen tries to leave, and he's just slapping him in the face. He's like, I put aside my bullshit! <laughs> he's like starting to freak him out a little bit. Uh, this was dude, that, yeah. this was my favorite. First of all, sorry, go ahead. I'll go on. Well, I say, oh, no. God damn it. Go, 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 go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to emphasize how like Battle of Bands is a real thing, but Ant versus Ant fucking is not. Right. What is- as much as it is goddamn cool that they have all these amps behind these DJs, like that is so unrealistic. Like you wouldn't be able to hear any piece of music that's happening. Well, yeah, it's like, what is this fucking like Yu-Gi-Oh or Beyblade or like Pokemon? Like, like I don't, you can't go. Maybe. <laughs> you can't go versus in this kind of shit. Like for one thing, look at the stacks they have behind them. And then the little bitty amps yeah. like Sex Bob. I was like, dude, there's no way. Like they could be, they could be so plugged into money. fucking like the house speakers. And there's no way they're, it's going to outdo those huge stacks that they have. I, I guarantee yeah. you the entire city of Toronto has no power because of this entire <laughs> fucking setup, dude. It's, it's like, um, like, oh, so the actual battle is between the, the roadies who have to plug in all these amps and <laughs> get the power to work. I, I want to give you a, a quick little story about just how at my at this age I might have found this believable because around the same age I remember seeing I went to a concert and like it was two bands that came out to Australia Yellow Card and Sum 41. At the time I thought these were the two biggest punk bands in the world. <laughs> they weren't and Sum 41 clearly way more bigger than Yellow Card but um, some of the band members came out and I spoke to the drummer at the time of yellow card I'm like oh on the flyer your names are actually like next to each other so who's headlining and who's the support and this guy looks at me stoned out of his mind by the way and just looks at me well actually dude we're both gonna go up. there's actually two separate stages on both sides of the venue they're gonna go up there and we're gonna go the other and then we're just gonna both play our sets at the same time he was I didn't realize he was describing to me the exact same fucking scene from Scott Pilgrim I think <laughs> he's just like, fucking wow. with you and then my stupid ass went around told like 30 people so this is what's gonna happen and this other fucking dumb like 14 year olds believe me and then when yellow card went on first and not some 41 I'm like oh he was fucking with me <laughs> and I just got and said, of course he was fucking with me like uh, may I so maybe this is possible may I hit you guys with another track hit me lay it on me Fucking love that dude. Nice. My threshold. Like, give me 
a five hour energy. Give me a bottle of water <laughs> and let me run into a crowd just swinging at people with this song and some headphones. And I'd like, <laughs> like, this would be like, this would be like my riot song, dude. <laughs> like, really? Do, do you guys remember a show that came out with Dennis Leary in the early 2000s called uh, Rescue Me, where he was the fireman? Do you guys uh, yes, actually. I, okay, no, cool. I never saw it. I no, never saw it. I didn't yeah. either, but the theme song for that show is by a band called the Von Bondies. It's that on another day, come on, come on. Uh. It's a fucking awesome song. But I highly suggest anybody listening to this, if you're a fan of this type of soundtrack, check out a, uh, an album called Pawn Shop Heart by the Von Bondies. And it's very like black, <coughs> it's very like black keys, white stripes, like kind of thing. But they only did like one or two albums and that was it. But it's a fucking good like Detroit blues garage rock like kind of album. And I, I, I like that kind of music a lot. That stripped down kind of sound, which is really fucking cool. But again, uh, this is Beck doing a lot of the music for this. Um, that they've been writing a, a lot of these, which is perfect because that's why the songs are so fucking short. They're like a minute 47, you know? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, but yeah, I love this. I love this whole thing of them like getting pumped up to fight. The twins send out the wave and like destroy their their whole light setup and shit. Um, so yeah, the sex, uh, the sex bombs rip into uh, that song's called Threshold that we were just listening to. Uh, but they are so quick- anime. Do what? So anime. Oh, like dude, when they start yeah. fighting, man. Um, like I love Kim's look on her face as she's drumming and death staring at the same yeah. time. <laughs> and actually, it's slightly like, God, you're attractive. <laughs> um, and like, they create these CGI monsters. It's basically King Kong versus King Ghidorah. It's fucking insane. Right. And it, but what, what, I, what I don't like about that, it, it sort of implies that like, um, the more, the harder you strum, the better the song is, which is totally not how music works. Um, but I, and I also love just the Kanonagi twins, the way they like move in sync. It's almost like they're Power Rangers powering the Megazord. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's so great. What kills me. Yeah. So basically they cut into that song threshold, uh, but they are quickly shut down by the twins holographic fucking Harry Potter Patronus of double dragons, um, <laughs> which by the way, double dragon, great movie back in the day. Probably not anymore. Oh, and such a, can we please cover that place? Oh, dude, I'd love dude, to do double I am, dragon I am with you. so down. I'm right there with you. Oh I would, God, I, would yes. I would rent that all the time. A little shitty rental video store that I grew up going to called yes. unlimited video. And always smelled like, I used to, it, I used to you rent it all the time. Story? Who? You know who wrote that movie? Paul Dini. Whoa. From, from animated series. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Dude, I fucking yeah. loved that as a kid. And it was a fun game too. They had some for the, for the like super NES or something like that. Um, I love it. I love but it. But yeah, after a brief moment of defeat, it, uh, it is revealed that Ramona's final ex, uh, Gideon is G man. The sought after reporting, or uh, sorry, recording producer mentioned earlier. Um, dun, dun, dun. the plot thickens. Um, this reinvigorates Scott who kicks, uh, <clears throat> who kicks, who gets back into overdrive along with his bandmate, summons a huge holographic gorilla to destroy the double dragons and the twins. Uh, Scott earns another life credit just as he sees Ramona leaving with Gideon and he chases after them. Um, I love this dude. I can't I fucking just have that stuck in my head so bad. I just like before I moved past it, I just wanted to look one more time at it <laughs> as I moved away. Um, but yeah, as he's leaving, he chases him out there, uh, but he stopped when he sees knives in the crowd. Uh, she's like, hey, I came to see your show. And he's just like, uh, yeah, I have to. Uh... And then just walks away. Like he just leaves like mid It's like, God, can't even give this poor girl a time of yeah. day. What a dick, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know about Scott as a character, you know? See, he, he knows in that moment, 
moment that he, you can tell that he wants to say something, but doesn't know what or how. Um, so he's he's still on his journey to get there. But um, well, I think the most yeah. r- unrealistic thing besides the holographic patron- patronuses and like the Zack Snyder <laughs> level of power all these people have is the fact that Michael Michael um, <laughs> Michael Sarah could pull down Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Brie Larson, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. Kim, and all these different girls. I'm like, nah, no fucking way. They're like, no fucking way. That's like the most unrealistic thing. Dude, Anna Kendrick, I'm so I'm so glad they cast Anna Kendrick as his sister. Because <laughs> I'm just like, if we need to add another fucking beautiful woman into his lineup, I'm just like, are you serious? Dude, yeah, um, it's fucking yeah, ridiculous. Jason Schwartzman as um, Gideon. Yeah. I like him, man. Yeah, I he's good. Him. He's good, man. He's, he is yeah. also not the actor that I was thinking that would play Gideon. Like, he's not a massive, uh, well-known, like, he is a Wes Anderson, you know, actor, oh, yeah, but he's yeah. not massive, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and I think that he plays that kind of, I was reading something about um, how he wanted to play the character, and he was like, I didn't want to come across as just, like, the typical archetype two-dimensional villain. He's like, Gideon is a guy that if none of this stuff was going on with Scott, they would be friends. He's like, they would get, yeah. they, would, they would be cool together. And he tries to be cool, and he tries to iron that out, but he's just a fucking douche nozzle in the yeah, fucking he's process. Smug. He's smug as fuck. Insufferable, dude. Oh, my God. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I love this this conversation with them out there. Basically, Ramona's like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to split up. Um, you know, he's basically got this kind of hold on me. We'll talk about that more later. Um, but, uh, oh, yeah, and Scott earns that life up credit uh, after he beats the um, after he beats the twins. Um, and uh, <laughs> Scott, Scott confronts Ramona and attempts, and, and attempts to tell her he's in love. I'm in lesbians with you. <laughs> I like it, dude. Yeah. I fucking think it's funny. Um, so it's funny. It's uh, funny, but it's also like a good from a screenwriting perspective. It's good. He's he's trying to overcome. He thinks what his problem is, but he he hasn't, um, which he has to do later on when actually come out the real L word. It just um, it reminds so. me of the part in Dumb and Dumber when he's trying when he's like he's like I I'm he's like I have I have the love of uh, I have the same love as a, as a young schoolboy. And then when he goes to say it, he's like I want to make love to a young schoolboy. <laughs> it just like spits it out <laughs> totally wrong. Um, Ramona devastates Scott by explaining they have to break up because of Gideon's control over her. However, Gideon offers uh, sex bomb bombs a contract, which Scott refuses, and he is quickly replaced with young Neil. Uh, the SBO minus Scott all sign the contract, and Ramona and Gideon leave, and Scott walks home alone and devastated. Uh, I love the rock band shirt that he's got on. The, it's got the bass logo. I'm like, that's fucking cool. I love that. Um, do you guys ever play rock band? Were you guys big into Guitar Hero? Do you guys play any instruments, by the way, at all? No. I mean, um, I don't know. Fuck get smug with me <laughs> no no it's not it's not like i said it's not my genre so i mean like my genre is uh trans so it's not really my thing but um, i thought you said yeah. trans and i was like wait what no. and I was like, oh trance <laughs> trance trance sorry um, yeah yeah, yeah. i i screamed in a metal band back in the day um i'm, I'm actually looking back get, getting back into music but, okay that's cool I've, um I've, anyway i've toyed no. around the production side of things but yeah <laughs> <laughs> just kidding no, yeah i've done the same thing I was in a band for a little while yeah. and I can play a little bit of drums and I, I like to sing and I can play bass. I've got a keyboard and stuff, but, um, my man, do what? Oh, I just said my man, you're, you're my man. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the, you're a man and you're mine. My man. 
Scott returns home to his roommate Wallace in bed with a new lover. There's a very large possibility you just saw man, another man's junk. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I can only imagine what he just saw. Right? Oh, my God. Um, he subtly, uh, very subtly, by the way, asked Scott to move out, basically. So I'm going to do my bed for tonight <laughs> and next week and the year. Um, he's asked to move out. He wallows in self-pity before the phone rings. Uh, Gideon apologizes Scott and invites him to the new Chaos Theater he has opened, which will feature the Sex Bombs as an opening act. Wallace uh, reinvigorates Scott to go and do something about this quote-unquote perfect asshole. What a perfect asshole. <laughs> I, I love that. He's like, is Ramona with you? I don't know, babe. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, I stole my cocoa on my crotch. Um, <laughs> this fucking guy, the, as soon as Scott, you know, Scott makes it through the douchebag, you know, fucking uh, bodyguards or whatever, um, Scott leaves the apartment and runs up to Gideon at the Chaos Theater. The first album is much better than the first album. I'm like, oh, God, that fucking guy. Um, Dude, I love the passwords. No, yeah, he's like, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's great. But yeah, basically, Scott confronts the band. They tell him not to do anything. They're like, don't don't call the scene, whatever. Uh, somebody get this man a drink. Coke Zero, right? <laughs> That's so, yeah, so yeah, like, he's backhanded. Fucking new. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not here to drink. Well, I've got no beef with you. Well, what if I have beef with you? Uh, like, this dialogue is just so, um, so fucking like on the nose. You know, it's so fucking yeah. funny. Yeah. Tropy. Tropy, it, it tropy but, but purposely. Right? right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically Scott challenges him to a fight. Um, hey, buddy, there's no use in spilling, uh, crying over uh, spilt Coke Zero. <laughs> uh, he's like, the lady's made, the lady's made her choice. Uh, why are you moving, buddy? And he, he like moves a little bit and he squeaks. He has to like push himself into the same spot where Michael Sarah was. You, I love, I love that, um, I love that little thing. He like moves a little bit and has to like, wait, where was I? And he positions himself back at the bottom of the stairs. Can um, I just, can I just say how amazing Mary Elizabeth Winstead looks with that hair color? Oh my I'm God, sorry, dude. She, this is, this is, this what? is her, this is her peak, peak performance, peak, uh, fucking, you know, peak visual right here. What, did, <laughs> what gets me is like, so she's got pink hair at the beginning and then she's, it's blue and then green later on. But had she had red hair, those would have been the exact same colors of the Cornettos in the trilogy, red, Ooh. blue, and green. And I was like, oh, it's so fucking close, man. I mean, it's just, it's not there. It's just me clutching at straws because I, I fucking actually love just that. had a Cornetto. <laughs> I've never had one. We have, we have, nah. we have stuff like Cornettos. We have like Nutty Buddies and shit like that, which is what they call them. But, um, but yeah, still a delicious treat. Delicious treat. Um, <laughs> you gotta get your butt to Australia, son. I know. Guys, I know. Uh, Nutty Buddies. So just letting you, <laughs> Nutty Buddies, you just paid for your ad- advertisement just there. Oh, I wish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so Scott, uh, challenges Gideon. He earns the power of love. It's the power of love. Uh, oh, baby. first fucking thing I thought of. Uh, pulls the sword out of his chest. The henchmen so uh, cool. run up on him. Yeah. And dude, him fucking turning the henchmen into gold, uh, gold coins is fucking awesome. Just them disappearing. Um, it is, but watching this for the first time in a while the other day, that top down shot, so not him. It's definitely, it's a stunt double in a wig that's not even the right color. <laughs> it's like, Bra- it's-, it's like Brandon Ruth who plays Todd, like this huge dude. Yeah. <laughs> it looks, it looks like, like looking for, like, I, I remember back in the day, I thought it looked weird, but I didn't know why. I thought it was the angle, but watching it like now, it's like, oh, that's because it's a fucking stunt double. It's not even remotely like the same like body shape. Like, I do, but it's I still do really like, cool. I do like the coins, like on the, on the ground, like the, like an outline, like, so like someone's diet, like a chalk outline kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like this choreography, but I love the fight scenes in the world's 
in so much better. They're they're more like hand to hand, like very close. Like one of one of them takes place in like a bar, another one's in like a bathroom. Like they're all very close. Like this feels very big, uh, and this 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 feels very like Power Rangers to me. Um, speaking of a little thing I forgot earlier, when we see the twins, there's a lot of imagery of X's in this movie, and when they cross arms, they make an X. You know, which you know the seven uh, evil X's true. or whatever. <clears throat> there's a lot of stuff. The way Ramona skates, like the pattern at least behind are all X's. Um, there's, ah. there's a great overhead shot of them like walking like later on and the the rows are plowed and two of them make an X. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like um, when he rips the patch off his jacket, is that an X-Men patch? I forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. It looks like I, it, right? I it does. So. It's red and gold. And I'm like, dude, come on. Red and gold on a blue jacket and you're fucking X-Men. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Scott gets the sword. He's, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's fighting, uh, fighting Gideon. Um, and yeah, basically he destroys uh, Scott's uh, Scott's sword right after he finishes fighting the henchman. Um, right? Yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were gonna say something. My bad. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Right, right, right before Gideon delivers the death blow, Knives intervenes and challenges Ramona to a fight for sealing Scott away from her. Um, <clears throat> I love this whole thing because we see this is a good arc because you see Scott. He's kind of trying to squirm out of it. He's like, no, he's like, maybe I just didn't tell her fast enough, and he's like, uh, he's she's like, wait, you cheated on me with knives? He's like, no, I cheated on knives with you. She's like, is there a difference? He's like, you're not as hurt? And he kind of looks at knives like, yeah? <laughs> like, is that, is that, yeah? Like, he's trying to get, like, some kind of confirmation from her. Um, I love the, yeah. Also, note that her name's Knives, and she's basically fighting with giant knives. Yeah, for sure, yeah. I've yeah. always wondered, I was like, Knives Chow, that's such an odd name. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Also, just a, a little small thing, this, the, the only joke in this film, I think, is, doesn't really work now, because of this politically correct culture um gideon calls her kung pao Dude, chicken yeah i was like Ooh, yeah that's, so that's cringy. racist that's it's racist. fucking cringy it's like oh you like call her a little girl call her immature do whatever you want don't call her kung pao chicken dude that's that's not okay that's like as soon as, soon as she feelings as soon as she lands on the set he just goes he may as well he may as well she shows up and he's like no 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 the cleaning day is Monday, like he starts talking to her like that. Like, You're such a dick, dude. I can see dick, that Ramon is, doing that. Ramona's flashback of Gideon is that he was a fucking former Nazi. Oh, <laughs> God. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that, that pa- yeah, he used to have a different patch on there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, a shot I fucking love, and there's a million shots we haven't mentioned that I love in this film, but one that's just great is when she points to Ramona and does that little like Looney Tunes, like, like black circle yeah, around the her. Yeah, the spotlight. That zooms in. So great, man. And such a great use of that. Yeah, it's really, really, really well done. Um, but yeah, basically they, uh, um, sorry, Ramona and Knives are fighting while uh, Gideon, I love Gideon. He's like, wow, that's really interesting. <laughs> Trying to like sucker punch him. Um, Gideon and Scott, the, they battle hand to hand as Ramona defends herself from Knives' attack. Uh, Scott dispatches Gideon. Dude, awesome kick. He like kicks him and fucking like looks like, should, I mean, it would be a back, like a back breaking move. Like kicks him and flips his back into that thing and he keeps flipping I'm like Game it's fucking hard to watch it fucking banes his ass um <laughs> but uh Scott dispatches Gideon and admits to Knives that he wasn't completely honest about the relationship um that we just kind of like covered however Gideon returns and impales Scott with his sword Whew, ouch um I that's a fucking cause at first you're like oh 
fuck. Like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, what's going to happen? And then, like, part of me, I think even the first time, I was like, what's going to Oh, yeah, he got, like, a level up. I remember that. Like, it's, it's like... It's such a, such a video game death, too, which is great. Oh, yeah, I love it, dude. It's 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 really interesting. Um, But, yeah, he uh, and Pale Scott's and uh, Scott's listen to darkness and awaits in the desert, uh, awakes, awakens in the desert with Ramona standing over him and apologizing. She finally reveals the truth to Scott about why she can't get away from Gideon, and Ramona asks Scott if she's the one that she should... Ramona asks Scott if she's the one he should have been fighting for all along. Uh, We also see that Gideon is literally controlling her uh, with that. Yeah, have you seen the amount of Triforce shit that Gideon has? Mm. Like, the green... It's a green Triforce on the back of her neck. He has, like, um, on one of his ties, he has, like, a green, like, lapel or, like, a a button. Yeah. Even the logo is, like, the same thing, like, when Scott is leaving the... Yeah, that door shutting behind him later on after this fight. It's like a, it's like three G's in like inside of a triangle. It looks very much so like the fucking the Triforce from uh, Legend of Zelda. Um, yeah. Hey, with with this scene, man, I just want to point out my biggest problem with this film. Do it. I absolutely hate the fact that Gideon was controlling her. I wish it was more like she did that under her own will because it kind of to me kills the point of fighting for her. You know, because now he's just trying to rescue her, rather like like a captured princess or something rather than like he's fighting for a love you know like doesn't that feel weird to you like it's not a weird I feel like it's a weird plot element right am I alone here I I want to save it for the end yes and no I I yes I agree and no I disagree a little bit but I'll save my explanation for that more of towards the end what about you Zohab well I feel like that she wouldn't go to him willingly like she she wouldn't be here willingly um like like from from everything that we've set up with Ramona I don't think that 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 the Ramona character would be with Gideon so willingly after seeing uh, her after seeing Scott fight for her so hard. That, that's like, a good point, I guess. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, but, but I, <clears throat> I do agree. Like the, the, I did roll my eyes at the at the at the fucking gadget. I was just like, oh, like, are we doing this? But at this point, <laughs> like, I was just kind of like pretty like I was a little turned off because I think this fight goes on for a little too long. Yeah, a I, little. I, I can I can see that. It's a fair point. <clears throat> um, I do. Um, like, well, I tell you what, I'll I'll save it for the end of this. How how I, like I personally think this movie should have ended, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, Dictates. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love, uh, you know, they're kind of, <clears throat> uh, Scott, when when Knives intervenes this time, uh, the second time, once he, he shows back up, he gets the sort of self-respect. Uh, he's, he goes to battle Gideon again. He dispatches these henchmen again. And um, yeah, whenever Knives shows up, he's just flat out honest. He's like, I, you know, I cheated on you, both of you. And he's like, I'm sorry. And he apologizes to Kim. Uh, you know, this is kind sorry, of like- Sorry, can I ask you guys? Yeah. So, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but this is a point amid, again, is, is this, it's funny, like, once it deviates from the comics, it starts to fall apart a bit for me. And you know how much I love this film, but, like, I can nitpick as much as I want. How is he gets, what's the part that shows that he has self-respect? Because his girlfriend is being mind-controlled? Like, what, uh, how, what earns him that sword? I think the only thing that can is, like, that conversation with Ramona. And it's very short, you know, there should have been maybe a line or two more, uh, but basically he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going to finish something that I started, you know, because I think Scott is the type of guy that's probably started a thousand things and never finished them. And maybe they need to do a better job of establishing that as his character. I get it. He's kind of like a deadbeat, you know, kind of thing. But at the same time, if they'd established this guy as like, I don't even care if she comes from me or not, but you're an obstacle. And like I said, I was coming here to beat your ass and I'm going to fucking 
beat your ass because you've set these seven evil exes upon me. Let's not forget Gideon's the one who sets all this up. So it's like you're yeah. the one who has, you've sent these people after me. So like, no, fuck you. Like, I could just leave and you would leave me alone. But I don't even care if she goes with me after this because I'm just going to kick your ass just to kick your ass because I need to have some kind of like self-respect and stand up for myself. That's what I take away do, from it. Do you think it's like, so it's like the fact that like he wants to protect his girlfriend, that self-respect thing? No, I think like, I think it's more like the fact that he, I mean, he's put in so much in this and had to fight so many people. And now it's like, dude, I've come, I've come this far and I could just like walk away from this and wash my hands of it. But the fact that you've caused all this trouble for me, it's like, no, I, I respect myself more than that than to let you walk away with like my time and my energy and, 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 and trying to fucking kill me, like sending yeah. people after me to fucking kill me this whole time. That's just me, though. Like, I'm not going to tell Edgar Wright how to do his job because clearly he's one of the greatest <laughs> filmmakers of all time. But like, if I was in the room writing the script, I would say he gets the sort of self-respect after earning up to his mistakes because you know there's the scene right after yeah, it yeah. and he starts going like, no knives, I hurt you, I cheated on both of you, I'm the piece of shit. And he own, like he's, 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 he's like owning up to it. He, he finally gets there. Like that's when he should earn the sword, right? Yeah, no, like, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like- I agree, man. Maybe he, um, maybe he like, he, he borrowed it in advance with an IOU or something like I don't know but <laughs> like wow. I feel like I feel like maybe he should have had that conversation then he gets the sword then he beats Gideon I feel like that would be better earned yeah I mean I agree with that that, that makes sense uh, so hey, I don't care what you have to say um, but <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just saying I agree really okay, like I, it did feel a bit it did feel a bit like why what is the self-respect element here right 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 um, well yeah as they're battling you know knives knives gets knocked off to the edge Scott's fighting Gideon on his own um and right when it just kind of seems like all hope is lost you know there comes uh comes ramona and she kind of distracts gideon with her affections really um and i love you know she's like yeah still my girl and fucking knees him in the balls and he's like yep yep let's be girls and uh he tries to give her the old staircase staircase abortion uh man <laughs> wow that is not the way to go not the way to go um, uh, that's one way to do it <laughs> jesus christ dude because that's one thing yeah. i think that's what looking at looking at Scott, it's like, well, why won't Scott hit girls? It's like, well, apparently, I mean, because literally, I mean, it's literally, it's bad, bad, bad. And she's like getting kicked down the yeah. fucking steps. I was like, Jesus. Um, I love how obvious and in the face the maker with stuff like that. Right, um, right, right. I love yeah. that that kind of, uh, it, it, you guys are right. It's like the Adam West Batman, but like good, you know, like like that kind of bah, poo, poo, like kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, this scene was always like the one that made me scratch my head. Like, I love how then like as a result of that Scott and Knives team up just like the video game they played early on mm-hmm. to fight Gideon and it's a really cool callback and it's like it's like it's like yeah they learned to work together but like I still don't understand why she's helping Scott be with Ramona by fighting the boss of her evil exes like it's super cool to look at but if I had to break it down with like from an emotional like character arc standpoint I don't fully understand it see I, I think it's in the same thing if like I think Scott uh, I think that whether or not by the end of this Scott's like, you know, Ramona's going to go off and do her own thing or I'm going to go with Ramona or whatever. But either way, you know, she shouldn't be under the control of the 
this guy. So that's the main reason that I'm here, like, yeah. like fighting you. But then also Knives is thinking of the same thing with, like, like Scott, where it's like, you know, yeah, you've hurt me and, yeah, I have every reason to, like, fuck you up, but I still care about you. So, like, I, I still want to be here to, to help you with this because especially now that you're, okay, you have made amends, you have apologized, you apologize to all these people, you admitted you've been a dick, so let's just bury this once and for all and just get to, you know, get get bury the hatchet and get this all over with. Um, that's, be, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, I think, yeah. like you said, they team up, they fucking 42-time 42, combo that motherfucker and he kicks his <laughs> goddamn head off. I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Um, well, on, on, that, on that note, though, um, and don't quote me on this because I read it from a source that I don't know how reputable it is, um, but I believe, if I'm not mistaken, um, there was an alternate ending filmed where Ramona chooses not to be with Scott and just to learn and find herself as a person because she's been in a relationship for so long. So maybe, I don't hmm. know, this, this something ties into that. I, I don't know. No, um, for sure. I, I definitely, I want to touch on that when we get to this end. Um, but basically, um, yeah, so they defeat Gideon. Um, they're, uh, you know, they, they they finally like start to celebrate and then Nega Scott shows up, um, which <laughs> I didn't think it said Nega when that, whenever it first <laughs> popped up. And I was like, whoa. And I looked up and I was like, oh, E, it's got oh, an E no. in there. An e, I was like, oh, okay, no. Jesus. It's like, like, negative, negative. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Oh. I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Um, that escalated quickly. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? Like, I'm sure I'm wow. hearing that wrong. Um, but uh, It's such a cool reference to a trope. I love how they flip it on the edge where it's like, oh, we've got a lot in common. Like, right, so good. Yeah. I love it. It's so anticlimactic. It's like, dude, I mean, at first I was like, for real, man, I can't fucking handle yeah. another fight. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is just like for, for laughs. Like, okay, cool. Um, how did everything go? Oh, he's a great guy. We, you know, he's cool. We got a lot in common. We're going to do brunch next week. <laughs> he's just like cool about it um so good but um but yeah i uh i i i love uh i love the way that this ends uh scott emerges from the warehouse chatting with nega scott planning to get uh, brunch next week knives and scott begin to chat as ramona ducks away and tries to leave uh scott confronts her as she says that she needs a new life and she's tired of seeing people get hurt because of her she tells scott she is uh he is the nicest guy he she is the nicest guy uh she's ever dated he is the nicest guy she ever dated which scott finds kind of sad they say their goodbyes before knives encourage him to pursue Ramona saying that she was too cool for Scott anyways Scott catches up to Ramona and asks if he can tag along you want to come with me yeah I thought maybe we could try again uh, I love this because uh, as Scott and Ramona leave through the white door the continued counter above their head refreshes like just right yeah, in the nick of time that's cool. it's kind of like we have nice one touch. more chance to do this but um, before so we great. just say hey that's Scott Pilgrim like that's the what I was thinking of was yes there is an alternate ending where um, where Scott goes back and he's with knives and I feel like that's more of the ending that it's been building up to yes for, for one thank thing thank you like Scott has been a douchebag he doesn't deserve Ramona he doesn't deserve this like this this dream girl that he's oh, that he's wanted so much you. like he, but at the same time uh, they did it with test audiences test audiences didn't like it they went and did a reshot and changed the ending of it but yeah honestly that uh, that would have been worse to me because if he if she takes him back then it's like she's rewarding him for cheating. Um, also, she's 17 and he's 22. Like, that's still gross. Like, the, they've established very early on that he should not <laughs> be gross. with her. Like, he, <laughs> like I think he's got a... I don't think the film does this, but he's supposed... To, he should be learning that he should be dating people his own age, you know? Right. If, um, if anything, all these people should just go, she's way too young and just too emotionally... She'll give anything to any guy, you know, just wrap herself up around his life. So it's like, like maybe I, become 
your own person first. And yeah, then- like I, th- I think there's an element lost in this film where what it's supposed to be is, hey, Scott, you're in between jobs. You have no ambition. You're a loser. You don't do anything. You're in a band that you're not even dedicated to. And the only girlfriend you've got is like not right for you, like for all the wrong reasons. Like he has to learn to grow up. I think that's the message this film's supposed to be. And that's why he's fighting. That's why he's working towards it. And like he sees Ramona's his chances like being cool or being an adult or whatever, not being a loser anymore. But I feel like all that's lost in the, in the film. Like maybe like they didn't hold on to that strongly enough. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm really not a fan of this ending, really. See, I, 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 I it, it's kind of, is it the natural conclusion? Is it the one that we want to see because we're so accustomed to it? Yeah, it is. It's the one, the fairy tale ends, the prince and princess run off together, the kingdom is saved, God is in his place, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it's a better ending if like for one, Ramona has never been out from under the control of Gideon. So now she can actually go be her own person. Um, I think it's best if all of them just split up and say, hey, like we all need to go our own separate ways. We also have a lot to learn, a lot to grow up with. But I think that I'm okay with this ending because Ramona needs a fresh start. She's burned bridges. She's been a dick. She's fucked people over. And so has Scott. Scott, Scott, Scott has made these mistakes and he's like, you know, I can't stay in this town anymore living in this bed, you know, with this, this gay roommate of mine and yeah, being in between jobs and shit. Like, I need somewhere he else where I can go. He wants him to leave anyways. Do what? Like, he wants, like, Matt, and like, he's, he's part, like, the gay roommate wants him to leave anyways. Like, he's been saying the whole right. film, you've got to get yeah, out of here. Yeah, trying to get him to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't, I love their story because now they're both getting to start over and there's no, they know each other's bullshit now. And they're finally able to get past that. Like, she's been so mysterious this whole movie, which is one of the things that makes her so attractive. But now, like, not only does, you know, and that's the thing, it's like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right for him to go back to knives no he's still five years older than her and cheated on her that feels kind of <laughs> weird um but at the same time with the same with ramona it's like no he doesn't deserve her but she doesn't really deserve scott going through all of this shit either she really doesn't yeah. so like the things that they're doing for each other make sense they're willing to let let things go and like start over again and that's kind of the theme of the movie is like dude you got to let the past go and stop stop living in this like daydream kind of thing that you've got going on and make some type of forward progress with your life um true man but that's true. just what I take away. That's what I like from it. Look, on that note, like the the, the thing I do like about this ending, and I, I think this is probably the best ending they could come up with, and that makes sense, is it really does close off Knives' character arc very well. Like she's actually, she, if any of anyone, she's probably matured the most because she goes from like trying to fight um, Ramona to accepting the fact that, hey, like I, I understand, like we, we weren't meant to be to each other. Like I only discovered good music existed a few months ago. You know, like I, we come from two different worlds um you know i you you fucked me over and stuff but you know you weren't right for me to begin with like that's what i take away from knives's conversation like she's weird i know it's weird in the scenario but knives is the most mature of the three of them in this in this scene <laughs> uh so have you got any closing thoughts uh anything going on in that noggin of yours oh, i hate this movie no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't hate this movie i i think it's um i i remember it being better than than what it actually is to me now like I, I I don't maybe it's just me getting older and like watching like so like I can't separate my um like little little bullshit issues with you know like with what the movie actually is which is pure escapism which is what films should mm, be right nice, yeah like I, I can't like it, it's a bit it's a bit tough like it's a bit you know um and I think honestly this works for such a this this is such a great film for teens um and and look, I'm not saying anything against you guys. Like, you fuck, 
fucking you, childish <laughs> you childish cunts um but no for me it's just like uh i i can't i can't connect it's it's tough for me to connect to um to scott so then it's it's tough for me to get a, a way into the actual movie um but like that being said man like edgar wright's direction here is incredible it's outstanding like um just the little the little touches of 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 actual direction you know you know that it's fucking edgar wright you know that it's like it's his little signatures man and like once you see those things it's just like it just makes the movie so much better i guarantee you if edgar wright doesn't direct this movie then it is not good it is a pile of shit like i will go out and say that i'll go out and say that just because just because um i think it's edgar wright that saved this movie for me really uh i I still think the script's great but edgar wright is probably one of the best choices to do this because he he's totally willing to go to that those lengths of crazy visual elements like for this story like he's and he's great with telling a love story too so like, i think he's a perfect fit for this i think other people could have th- done it but maybe edgar wright's probably the best choice i can't think of I think, many other people who've done that i think the script is just okay i think the script is just okay and it's edgar wright's direction that brings it up because like just the little transitions the little touches the little uh, the little editing stuff it's all for me it's all edgar wright and like we can't go past the fact that like edgar wright co-wrote the screenplay as well like i mean right like, yeah like, well, you know well, the guys think, are fucking awesome i think the reason it suits edgar wright is because the concept the what they had before in the source material it really speaks to him you know like because you can't make this movie without doing the anime references and the music right and stuff. he's you a can't, he's a very visual director but also as much as he uses those visuals he's great i mean look at fucking baby driver like this movie is almost yeah. like one big music video kind of thing well they, well, they see, even the way that baby driver is cut like i can feel similarities or like you can tell it's the same director as scott pilgrim when you watch baby driver yeah you know i can i can see i can see phil lord and chris miller directing this movie Woo! i would love to see that who the fuck yes. is that so they're the guys that directed oh. the lego movie 21 22 jump street they they wrote uh spider-verse so oh. like they they're pretty they're pretty out there and um you know they've got a they're pretty kings. good style as well yeah they're pretty they're awesome gods amongst kings bro. they were actually supposed to direct solo before uh run howard took over Ooh. yeah they got fired off solo I you know, like, too oh sorry go ahead no go, go no like that that's all i was saying man like i just think i just think this is an okay movie uh with with edgar direction edgar's direction elevating it um if i had to score it uh i'd probably give it a six damn son Ooh. yeah going harsh wow uh, all right matt what are you gonna rate it? I have 10 out of 10 what i'm even asking you um this is like one of your top five it's one of your top five you know it's uh you know i don't know if it, like see when i say my top five like my probably things in my top five aren't all tens because i'm saying my favorites i'm not saying the best films there are clearly a million other films i could probably list that are better than this film in terms of filmmaking but i'm a fucking nerdy fanboy and this just speaks to that on so many levels and so integrated so well but i can acknowledge there are problems with the script and i can even question if michael Sarah is the perfect you know per- casting choice for this role like maybe he is maybe he isn't i don't know um but I, it's so well put together man it's a nine it's a nine out of ten for me you, you could maybe argue me down to an eight but it's a nine out of ten i love this movie with so much it's just it's just like it's just a nerdgasm on 
on repeat for the whole time. It's so good. What about you? Yeah, I uh, do it 10 out of 10. Uh, I fucking love this movie. Anything I write, I am automatically like up on the scale for. Which actually was cool. He's got two movies. He's got the 2012. Uh, he's got one coming out in 2020, Last Night in Soho, that's in pre-production right now. And another one called Shadows that's just been announced. Like, that's it. Uh, so we don't really know a whole lot about it. I think there's a, <clears throat> a little bit of casting. The, the female lead from Split. I uh, can't remember her name. Anna Taylor uh, Joy. Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Uh, so she's going to be in that. But uh, I definitely give this a 10 out of 10. It's Edgar Wright, man. Like, Edgar Wright gets me. Like, he just does. Like, that's just how I want to <laughs> see movies. And that's Edgar, awesome. Ed, Ed, like, Edgar Wright's one of the few people that's like, I don't care. I don't I don't care of not seeing a trailer. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to see that movie in the theaters, like, when it comes out. Um, because it's like, I am a brand loyalist to him. And I have no problem admitting that because he's won my trust because he trusts me as a viewer. He's a smart director. He does amazing editing, which is 90% of the movie. I really want to know what he thinks about the cinematography Oscar snub shit going on. I really want to know. I thought about tweeting at him and being like, hey, just FYI, uh, what do you think about this? Um, <laughs> and seeing like what his response to that would be just because that plays such a pivotal role in everybody's movies, but <clears throat> especially Edgar Wright, the cinematography and the editing is what makes his style. Editing, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so either way, I'm going to say a 10 out of 10. Uh, what do you guys say we go ahead and hit with some listener comments and bounce the fuck out of here? Hell yeah. Yeah. Word. I've got one here um, from a friend of the show, Nathan Burkhardt. Nathan's always chiming in on all of our shit now. He's awesome. Um, he's been commenting uh, on our Facebook page at Midnight Double Feature. We've also got the group uh, connected to it called The After Party. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram uh, at Midnight Double Feature on Twitter and MDF Pod. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. You can pretty much find us anywhere. Uh, you can shoot us an email midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com if you've got any complaints, any questions, or if you just want to tell us to go suck our own dicks, whatever, we're fine with that. Um, <laughs> but Nathan, <clears throat> Nathan's great comment. Um, movies, music, video games, three of my favorite things in one movie. This is one of my favorites, and the comedic timing of the dialogue is beautiful. Um, I said, yeah, hell man, I think hell yeah, man, I think Edgar Wright is one of the only people to be able to pull this off. He said, absolutely. He, Quentin Tarantino, Kevin Smith, and to a lesser extent, Robert Rodriguez are my favorite writers slash directors. Specifically for their dialogue, incidentally, they have uh, incidentally they have all created something of the uh, all created some of the most visually and conceptually interesting films. Uh, can't agree more. Four fucking amazing directors in that list. Uh, but who, who, do you, who, who do you guys? Oh, you got any comments pulled up? Yeah, I've got I've got Scott Buchanan, Scotty. How you doing, Scott? Um, Matt, you've actually met Scott with me. We uh, he he comes over from the uh, from like our mutual group that we listen to, like our podcast, LSG Media. So um, Matt, do you remember when we? watch the Meg? Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> we watched it with two other people and one of them was Scott? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys were great. Sorry, I forgot it was yeah. the Meg. I thought it was something else. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, great. Just, yeah, just, a brief one cool. from, just a brief one from Scott. Uh, over the top and fabulous. Not so grim and esoteric like the comic series, which was still great. So, Scott, I don't know what uh, esoteric means, but thanks, man. But thanks a lot. <laughs> you dumb fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I love Scott Buchanan. No relation, right? No, no relation to Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think that's how last names work. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> I do like, uh, I've got another 
one here from, on our Instagram page from Daddy Splash Twenty Three. Weird name. No, um, yeah, no, no, that's the perfect name. That yeah. is the perfect the, name. The, the best movie I've ever seen. Like, damn, hot takes, hot damn. takes. Um, You're not gonna read the one from Sex Bobomb? Yeah, the, uh, an Instagram page called Sex Bobomb that just says "awesome movie" smiley face. <laughs> like, well, of course, your whole page is set up to it. You know uh, what? I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I think their opinion might be a little bit biased. I a think little, so. A I think so. Totally and, and, and in other news, water wet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, guys, we're going to jump out of here. Uh, you know where to find us on social media. Matt, thanks for coming on for another feature presentation finally. It's been, what, since Terminator, I think? Yeah, yeah. Terminator's last I did. Um, I'll try and be on a couple more throughout the year. Um, if you guys want to actually, if you like my voice and want to hear a bit of me chatting shit with Zoheb, um, check out also the upcoming attractions episodes where we talk about news and um, we quickly review the latest movies that are out too. Um, yeah. Do we want to plug socials or we've kind of done that, right? Yeah, no, nah, we're good. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to fuck off out of here later. <laughs> <laughs> guys, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Please stop by, rate and review us on iTunes. We've been getting a lot of good feedback lately. Uh, our downloads have been up. Our reviews have been going up. We've got some great uh, feedback from from some friend of ours. Um, so, yeah, just any feedback at all is uh, appreciated. Uh, Zoheb, Matt, thank you guys for coming on. It's been a blast. Uh, we hope Pleasure. you guys enjoyed Scott Pilgrim versus the world and we will see you guys later bye bye